After a 1-0 start against the Newport Knights winning 16-3, the Islanders look to continue their hot streak. I'm going to make a prediction. Safety. All out blitz for the Islanders. They come in, a pass out wide, and Scott, your prediction came true. That's a safety for the Islanders. Wow. New faces like quarterback Eli Fahey look to continue their dominant start to the season. And I see Buke in the backfield, which leads me to believe we'll likely see some passes. High snap, bending down now, takes a snap. He's got time. He looks, he's got an old man open deep in the end zone, waving his hand in the air. It is caught. That's Samuel Gilchrist for a touchdown. Islanders. This week, they continue their hopes on a perfect season against the 1-0 Liberty Patriots. Handing it off down the middle. Jack Rowe's got room. Jack Rowe pushing forward as he gets to the end zone. He does. It's a touchdown. Islanders. With difference makers all over the field, expect an outburst of highlight plays and scoring. Two unique play styles, one winner. Liberty Patriots, Mercer Island Islanders, only on 88-9 The Bridge. On October 18th, 2019, a packed house at the jungle watched the Mercer Island Islanders play in a t- tightly contested overtime game versus the Lake Washington Kangaroos. Little did we all know that would be the last time the Islanders would take the field on their home turf for 519 days. I'm Gabe Gosman, and tonight, alongside my friend, broadcasting extraordinaire, and self-proclaimed Tony Romo Jr., Scott Pirak, we get to see the Islanders back where they belong. We've got hundreds of fans here in attendance on this rainy and windy MI night, still taking safety precautions during this ongoing pandemic, and we are ready for some Saturday night high school football. Last Friday, the Islanders started off the year strong, taking down the Newport Knights 16-3 behind a Jack Rowe touchdown run and a Samuel Gilchrist catch from new starting quarterback Eli Fahey. Fahey put on a show in his first start, showing his accuracy, arm strength, and running ability. When we talked with him in our interview this week, he mentioned that he had some nerves during that first drive, but after that, he was good to go. On the Patriots' side, they are also off to a 1-0 start thanks to a 29-21 victory over the Hazen Highlanders. Last season, Liberty went 7-3 on the year, including a 21-0 victory over this Islanders team at the Patriots' field. This year, however, there are new players for both sides, and the Islanders will look to write a new chapter between these two rivals. A reminder that you can watch a live stream of this Kinko matchup. Just go to MIFootball.org and also the MIHS Islander newspaper Twitter account is live tweeting during this game. So, Scott, I'm going to turn it over to you. We're ready for Scott's scouting report before this game starts. What are the keys for this game? Well, Gabe, the keys to this game is the O-line is going to have to control the offensive line. Look for the offensive line to make the first push, and they're headed by Derek Osman, who has seven Division One college offers. Along with that, they're going to have to do what we saw last week, which was complete chunk plays and make sure those big hitters are going to become very critical, especially in the rain. Success on third down. Last week, they went four of nine on third down. They're going to have to improve in that part because games are going to be won and lost on the third and short plays. Next, no turnovers, and use the fan momentum. This is the first time they've had fans the whole year. On defense, run the defense around Ryan Dallas, Derek Osman, and Cole Drayton. They're the heart and soul of this defense. They have dogs, they call them, linebacker hybrid safeties. Gabe, we're almost ready for kickoff. My final one for you is hold Liberty to under 200 yards. I'll pass it back to you. Scott, the Islanders are in their maroon helmets, maroon shirts, and white shorts. Meanwhile, the Liberty Patriots receiving this opening kickoff, white helmets, white jerseys, and blue pants. The kicker on this kickoff, interesting story about him. His name is Samir Lumba. He's a, a sophomore, and we talked to Eli Fahey after our interview. We were like, who is the kicker? Because last week he wasn't on the roster, and he said, well, 
Most of the team didn't know either. He walked off on the field, made his first extra point, and uh, now he's ready to kick off here to the Liberty Patriots. We are underway here in the first game from the jungle in over 500 days. The kick is received by number 24 for Liberty. He's pushing it up to the left side, getting past the 20-yard line and taken down at the 27-yard line. And here come the Liberty Patriots, headed by Brody Pesci, the quarterback, a junior, number 32. Yeah, and to add on to that game, last game, Brody, he threw 63%, went 7-11 for 60 yards, had one passing touchdown, and threw an interception. That's where the Islanders are going to have to get at him, make sure to contain the QB. He also had 13 carries for a total of 30 yards and two touchdowns, Gabe. He is one of the difference makers here today. Scott, before we start this game, who is one player that you think can make a huge impact for the Islanders this game? I'm looking at Ryan Dallas and Cole during this game to make a huge difference on the defense. Now, Pesci under center, handing it off on a jet sweep to number seven for Liberty. He's going to cut it inside, get a juke, go back out, but he's tackled quickly right away after a gain of only about four yards. Yeah, that was number one Cole Drayton on the tackle, starting off where he left off last week. Yeah, Cole Drayton. We interviewed him as well. He said... Last year, he admitted to us, he said he was a little bit embarrassed, but he took some tums before games because he was that nervous as a junior starting on, or as a sophomore starting on varsity. This time, he is ready to go. No nerves for him. Uh, he said also, during the game, blocking out the noise was never an issue for him, so having no fans wasn't that much of a problem. But in the pre- and post-game show, uh, or pre- and post-game for the Islanders, he's excited to maybe celebrate with, with the fans that are here now. A handoff down the middle to number 42. Now, he's got running room for Liberty, getting across the 40-yard line, across the Islanders 30, finally dragged down by number two, Nathan Buchan, but not before he got all the way down to the 25-yard line of the Islanders. So a fast start on second down there for Liberty. They are off to a hot start. Scott, this in the first game uh, of the Islanders' season, they, they kind of took care of business against a, a Newport Knights team that they, they really expected to beat this time around. How important is it to get off to a fast start against a team that they got shut out against last year? Yeah, well, in this game, Mercerine's coming in as kind of the upset team. Mercerine's 156 in Washington State. Liberty is 103rd, so they're going to really have to stop the run. Last game, Liberty had 30 carries for over 200 yards and lost the jet sweep. Now Pesci sending a man in motion, but he's here to drop back the pass. He's rolling out to his left. Now he's going to take off and run the ball. There's a couple Islanders there ready to make the tackle, but he gets a gain of about eight yards, puts his head forward, and now it's going to be second down and I would say one and a half or so. Scott, uh, how would you say right now as we're seeing this opening drive, the Islanders, like I mentioned, disregard that 21 to nothing loss last year and bounce back with this new roster? I think it's going to come with what you just said, the new roster, relying on these juniors to really make a difference that we didn't see what some of those last year's seniors make. And I think it's going to mainly come through Eli Fay. I think he's going to be the offensive difference maker. But it's going to come down to the linebacking core, which is very strong for the Islanders, to get to the quarterback. Now we see Pesci under center once again, sending number six in Liberty in motion. He's going to hand it off instead down the, down the middle. But... Stopped immediately there by a couple of Islanders defenders. The first one on it looked like it was number 51, Cam Johnson, one of the defensive ends for this team. Yeah, the interesting thing with Liberty after I watched some film on them over the weekend game was that they really like to use the jet sweep. Favoritely, Isaiah Valak, he's a speed receiver who loves to use the jet sweep. He's fast but nimble. Um, and then also watch out for number 24. He's a power horseback. They kind of have what the Islanders have in Jack Rowe, which is a running back who will get you three or five yards every time. Now here's Pesci once again, sending a man in motion. That's number 12. He's going to get it on the jet sweep. Now dart inside to the middle. Enough for a first down on third and one there. If you're just joining us here on KMIH, Mercer Island, 88-9, the bridge, we've got an exciting Kinko matchup between 
the Liberty Patriots and the Mercer Island Islanders. In this first possession, Liberty got the ball, and they are already driving uh, down to the 13-yard line in this first quarter of play with 8 minutes and 39 seconds left to go. Pesci, once again, the junior. He plays DB as well for this team, so he's an athletic guy. Watch for him to get some run plays here. He sends the offensive line down, ready to go. Now a toss play on the outside to number 24, taking up the left-hand side, and he's going to get taken out of bounds. Or excuse me. Yeah, it was number 24 for the Liberty uh, Patriots, Scott Heimbigner, and uh, he's a senior on the team, Scott. Obviously, there's a lot of great running backs for Liberty. How do you think the Mercer Island defensive ends fare against this quick, fast-paced offense for the Patriots? Yeah, he really played a role in last game, too. He had 42 yards on the ground. This is going to be a very run-heavy game, just like we saw in Newport. They come out with a two-back set, and then we also know whenever they motion, for those who are watching the live stream, whenever they motion their tight end from left to right, the QB is going to do a little close heel tap. That's going to be the jet sweep on that designated side. So make sure to watch out for that. It's really going to come down to the edge rushers. Second down and four now. Pesci once again under center, handing it off down the middle. But he's taken down a full head of steam for the running back. But it doesn't matter. That's number 55 there. Guess who? Derek Osmond. He's really the star of this team. Defensive tackle, left tackle. He does it all. Yeah, I, Derek Osmond was one of my other players I really thought needed to make a difference. Because... Really, for the Liberty Patriots, they only have one huge offensive weapon in terms of receiving the ball. That's number 84. Last game, he had about 39 yards in the touchdown. So watch for him in the red zone. He's their big, strong, and tall receiver. Pesci's got two receivers out wide. Now sends one of them in motion. That's number six. He's going to hand it off to him on a jet sweep. There's another guy there for the Islanders, though, and he gets taken down for a loss of one. That was on third and four. Looks like number, yeah, number eight, Mitchell Fisher there on the stop for the Islanders. He's a junior, one of these great secondary members, uh, and that brings up a fourth and five. Scott, do you think they go for it here? We see it's more common than usual in high school football to go for it on fourth down. I think they do go for it. With the success they've had so far, they've gone perfectly down the field. We haven't really, that was really the first play we've kind of seen a true stop, so I'd not be surprised to see them go for it here with how efficient their offense has been. I'm really looking at the receivers here, though. I'd be shocked if this is a run play. Now Pesci, under center once again, taking the snap, looking to throw. He throws a fade to the back of the end to the number 84. And it goes incomplete out of bounds on fourth down. So an uh, a end zone shot for the Liberty Patriots on fourth and, and five there. Ends up winding with nothing. So the Islanders take over. Scott, I, I want to discuss with you. Jack Derner said he, they, that the Liberty Patriots play a complex defense. And Cole Drayton said they might need to use Eli Fahey, the starting quarterback, in the speed option, maybe do some trick plays. What do you think the Islanders need to focus on on offense? Well, first off, I want to give credit to Garrett Rogan on that play. Last week, number 84 for Liberty went to work against Hazen, and Garrett Rogan played that man-to-man perfect beautifully on the fade, even though he is a smaller corner. To answer your question, though, Gabe, I am expecting a lot of speed options. It's going to come down to the offensive line. Look for Cam Johnson, Derek Osmond, the right and left tackles to make a huge difference on those speed option and read option plays. A three-headed monster for uh, Mercer Island has Truman Curry, Nathan Buchan, and Jack Rowe in the backfield. This time it's Truman Curry lying to the left of Eli Fahey. Now, before this first down snap, there was a flag on the play, and all the Islanders' off- offensive players started clapping. It looks like they're going to move the ball forward for five yards, make it first down and five, a great way to start 
uh, off this night for the Islanders offense. Yeah, last week, Eli, 213 passing yards and a touchdown along with 27 rushing yards. Also look for Sam Gilchrist. He caught Eli's lone touchdown last week. The first real snap for Faye is a handoff down the middle to Truman Curry. He's got a head of steam, barrels forward for a gain of about one yard there. So he was taken down early, uh, and that will bring up second down and four from the Islanders' own 16-yard line. Yeah, one thing I do love that the Islanders did this year, Gabe, is they really simplified the offense. Last year we saw a lot of motions kind of confusing themselves, and they had a lot of false starts. What we've seen this year through the first game is they've done one to two motions, maybe a play, and really relied on Eli to be the difference maker. Fahey once again in the shotgun. Truman Curry still the member of the backfield. And Eli Fahey's pass is tipped up in the air, so incomplete. That will bring up third down and three with six minutes and ten seconds left to go in this opening quarter of action. Still nodded at zero apiece. Yeah, Gabe, this, is, this was one of my key to the games. What will the Islanders do on third and short? It is currently third and three. They went four of nine last week on third down. If they cannot get above 50% this game, then they're going to be in for some serious trouble. Johnny Sullivan checking in as a wide receiver for the Islanders. Samuel Gilchrist goes to the sideline, and Eli Faye is in the shotgun. Truman Curry just a few feet behind him with his head straight forward. Looking at this offensive line, it's going to be a handoff down the middle to Curry, and he's going to get swallowed up immediately. So no gain on the play on third down and three. That's going to bring him a fourth and short, Scott. Eli Fahey, one a couple weeks back, he said they wanted to be more aggressive this year for sure. But looks like they're going to bring out the punting unit. And, Scott, that brings me to one of my favorite stories I've ever heard. Um, I wasn't hoping for a Mercer Allen punt early, but now that i got to say this story, it's pretty exciting for me. Cole Drayton now back. He's the linebacker. He's the tight end. And he's also the punter. And he said that when he was just hanging out with Jack and Eli at the field, he, he hit a punt. He was like, wow, that was a nice punt I just had uh, as – now he winds up, kicks it deep downfield, and it's going to drop at about the 50-yard line. You get a nice MI hop, number three for the Islanders. Jack Derner is waiting for it. A couple of Islanders surround him, and it's going to be Liberty's ball at the 41-yard line. So Cole Drayton said uh, I, he, he punted it once, and Jack and Eli were like, wow, you, you are a good punter. So then in the maroon versus white scrimmage, he, he asked the coach, hey, can I, uh, can I try to go for a few punts? And they were like, wow, you are pretty good. Now we see him at home against Liberty, punting the ball off, and it was a good one down inside of Liberty's territory, and that's where Pesci and the rest of his squad will take over. Yeah, I'm interested to see. Last time they had almost a near-perfect drive, so I want to see the Islanders bring the blitz this time, especially with Derek Osman currently out. Pesci sends a receiver in motion. There's a blitz there by the Islanders, but he sends it off to number, the number looks like 12, yeah, 4, Liberty Patriots, he gets enough for a first down on a run down the middle. Ryan Kane, the senior running back for Liberty. And last time, Gabe, player of the game honors went to Coldre, and he had eight tackles, a half tackle for loss, and two fumble recoveries. So look for him in that middle linebacker spot to make a difference here. But I think what's really, they have to stop the run. I think that's what's majorly going to come down to. Pesci now handing it off on a halfback toss, number 34, Mason Carr. He's going to get to the outside, a big back, but he's going to get across the field uh, to the 35-yard line. Another first down on first and 10 for Liberty. Now creeping towards four minutes and 30 seconds left to go in this first half. Yeah, I'll tell you, Mason Carr, he almost looks like he could be a fullback. He's got that type of strength because he is willing to take it right down the middle. And I won't be surprised if he goes right at Derek Osman a few times this game. That's how willing he's he's going to go 
but I believe there may be a flag on the field on that last play. All right, that's going to be good news for the Islanders. Holding on the offense against Livery, so that brings it back from a first and 10 to a first and 20 now from uh, the Liberty. Oh, I guess they're going to call it not a first and 20, but a first and 14 from the 48-yard line. So creeping up to midfield are the Patriots. They've got Mason Carr back there behind Brody Pesci, who's got three receivers out wide, two on his far side. He's going to send a man in motion, hand it off. That's number 12 once again, taking it on the jet sweep. Ryan Kane, and there's going to be a bunch of Islanders swarming there. Guess who's there? First player of the game. He's hyped up. That's Cole Drayton there on the loss for Liberty. Yeah, Cole, he's really been one of those players that has taken a major step. Last year we saw him be kind of kind of an outlier. This yeah, year he, was, really, he was more of a fullback. He's really stepped into his role as the defense. And we actually asked him, we said, what, who would you compare yourself to? And he said, Matthew Judon. He, he's, he said he doesn't know which position. He likes more of a seeing tight end and linebacker. But he does love bringing people down. That's all he knows. This defense is off to a flying start thus far. And Cole Drayton's definitely at the forefront of that. Brody Pesci, the junior QB, like he always does, sending a wide receiver in motion. This time, heading it off down the middle. There's a fumble on the exchange, and there's a bunch of bunch of men in the middle, and they're going to say that Liberty got it back. So that brings but up a, a third down. A great down. strip by Derek Osmond. He could have not played that any better. Brings up third down and 17 from Liberty's own 44-yard line. Now we see number six for... Uh, for Mercer Island, that's Tate Wiesentiner checking in, number 51 Cam Johnson coming out on this third down and extra long for the Patriots Yeah Gabe, I'm, who I'm looking at here is number 84 for Liberty, that's Freddie Weisbrod, he was really the difference maker last time, he's great on the one-on-one, -on -one. look for him to run a seam route under his tight end Pesci's got a running back to either side of him, but before this snap is uh is played. We've got a timeout by Liberty, but we're not going to go anywhere, Scott. Quick question for you. It's not raining right now, but it was raining earlier. The Islanders said they wanted to get some more passes this game. How do you think the rain's going to affect them uh, in, in this matchup? Well, yeah, I mean, first off, it's if it even starts raining again. But I, I do think they really need to get the pass game going. As we saw last week, Eli had over 200 passing yards, and that's kind of where their offense flew through. Um, I, I want to see Nathan Buke can get involved. He kind of reminds me of like a Christian McCaffrey where he can yeah. do the screen passes. And what we know with them is whenever Nathan Buchan is in, expect the pass. When Truman Curry is in, expect the run. He's kind of their workhorse back. Um, I don't think it's going to affect him much. We saw him in pregame warm-ups. He was throwing 30-yard dots to Samuel Gilchrist like he was just at a normal park. So, Gabe, I think once the offense can get back out there, if they can get a stop here, they, we could see their first touchdown again. The fans, the cheerleaders, everyone getting loud here on this third down and 17 after a Liberty timeout. Pesci taking a shotgun snap this time, looking to throw. He's got a man deep downfield. That's number 84, and he's caught it for a first down and more. That is, Scott, like you mentioned, Frederick Weisbrod, the tight end junior, and that was a great play call there. He got open down the field, and he's dragged down to the 21-yard line. Yeah, he's really the heart and soul of this team. 
He he kind of likes to make those what I like to call Megatron catches, where he just doesn't even look for the d defender. He likes to push him off and just go up for the ball, which is dangerous for the Islanders who have small corners and Garrett Rogan and Nick Chitalis. So they're going to have to be able to get some double coverages on Freddie. First down and 10 now for the Patriots. Two minutes and 30 seconds left to go in this first quarter on the Islanders' 21-yard line. Now Pesci hand, out, handing it off down the middle, and it's going to be no gain there on the play. It was a straight-ahead handoff, but he had nowhere to go. So that brings up second down, and they're going to say, yeah, no gain there. So second down and 10 once again from the 21-yard line, now approaching two minutes left to go. Yeah, and a great tackle by Sean Ronaldson. We saw Cole come on the blitz and then left Sean Ronaldson wide open to make the open field tackle, and that's really going to be one of the keys to this game. Pesci, after mainly starting this game under center, he's going to have a couple quick snaps in a row in the shotgun after that third down play works so well. You can't, down again. Yeah, you can't blame him here as he takes the shotgun snap. Once again, looking to pass. He's going to look deep downfield to his man. That's number 84, but it's going to go out of the back of the end zone intended for Weissbrod, but went a little bit too far there from Pesci. So we're seeing now, Scott, Liberty, Mercer Island both have gun, gun slinger quarterbacks that are going to look to throw it downfield. Yeah, so far, Brody Pesco started one of five. He's had that one deep bomb to Freddie, which worked. But the interesting thing game is all five passes have gone to Freddie Weisbrod. So that's going to be something to look out for. It's kind of like one of those Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams connections yeah. where he's not even looking at the other two receivers. So I think they're going to have to start double covering him, especially on this fly. Weisbrod sending a sweeper in motion. Now he's going to instead hand it on a toss play to number 34, and he's going to get dragged down out of bounds after a gain of about three yards. Once again, the ball carrier was Mason Carr. And a couple Islanders there to bring it to a fourth down and six yards here with now a minute and 37 seconds left to go in this first quarter. And Gabe, I want to hear your opinion on this, but I think they're going to go for it. You know, in high school, we don't see a lot of strong kickers, especially with the rain coming down sideways. Yeah. Um, their offense has been very efficient so far. They've really only had two plays that have gone for loss. I think they're going to yeah. watch out. Listen. Key player on this one, Freddie Pesci's under center, so I'm going to have to guess and agree with you here on this play. It looks like it's a fourth down and five. They're officially calling it from the Islander 17. Another play inside the red zone on fourth down. Can Liberty capitalize this time? It says a toss play to, and he's going to pass. The running back number 12 is going to pass to the end zone. He's got a man open number 11, and it's broken up and intercepted by Cole Drayton. He's going to slide down in the end zone for a touchback. Cole Drayton got the tip. That was Garrett Rogan on back-to-back fourth-down plays, making incredible defensive efforts, and Cole Drayton was right there to get the pick, and the Islanders will take over again. So let's talk about that Garrett Rogan play real quick. Uh, it was a beautiful trick play, but Garrett Rogan with one of the best recoveries we've seen from an Islander maybe ever. I mean, he that just was awesome. 20 yards, deflected in the air, and then let's also give credit to Cole Drayton there. With the beautiful pick, almost even dropped it, but hey, a pick's a pick. The Islanders are now set up at their own 20. Eli Fahey coming back out here. Jack Derner wide to the right. He said that Eli handled himself incredibly well last game. That's what he's quoted on saying. And um, last game he also got a punch thrown out of him and he got a penalty. Jack got a penalty for it. He wasn't too happy with us in that conversation. But now Eli Fahey taking the shotgun stop, looking deep downfield. He's got a man, oh, incomplete. It was intended for either... Jack Derner or Johnny Sullivan there, uh, the senior, and it falls incomplete. So on first down, the Islanders, I really like this approach. They, they said, we survived twice. Our defense has 
has handled their business once they got into the red zone. So now let's go into attack mode after gaining this confidence. Yeah, and I also like seeing Eli Fahey with confidence. We didn't really see that until the second half last game. And he's already come out slinging the ball. And I'm expecting a few of those to be big hitters. Fahey talking to Truman Curry, who's definitely got most of the, uh, of the reps here for the Islanders out of the, those three running backs that are on the roster. He's got four receivers out wide. Maybe expect a pass here. Nope, it's a run to the middle to, to Curry on second down. He's going to get a gain of about three yards there. I, Scott, you're more of the Tony Romo guy than I am. I, I didn't predict that play at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's been interesting. Every time they've lined up in the I formation, we've really just seen them go straight down to Truman Curry, and it's been they haven't been able to really get to the point of attack on the offensive line. Truman Curry's had four carries and only been held to nine yards, so that's something they're going to have to improve on throughout the game. Fahey this time has got a, uh, a player to either side of him. One of them is number 18, Luke Shavey. He's going to send him in motion. Now Fahey rolls out to his right, once again looking to throw deep and set pumping. He's got a lot of time back here in the pocket. He's going to now sling it for a first down gain on third down. That's number... Who else? Number one, Cole Drayton. Oh, no. Oh, wait, no. no number mind. three, Jack Derner. Jack Derner. The junior, Jack Derner, he caught the huge bomb from uh, Eli Fahey last game, this time around making another clutch first down catch. So the Islanders are going quick here with eight seconds left to go in this first quarter. First and ten now, a pass outside. Once again, the Derner falls incomplete. So the Islanders have it second down and ten on their own 33-yard line with four seconds left to go in this opening quarter. Maybe expect one more play as Johnny Sullivan checks on and Number nine, Samuel Gilchrist, will go out once again. So we've got some more speedsters. You know, by bringing on Johnny Sullivan, I would expect a deep shot here. Johnny Sullivan at the bottom of the field for us. He's got no gloves on going old school. Fahey in the shotgun. Truman Curry to his right in this presumable last play of the first quarter. Taking the snap, throwing it to Luke Shavey. Oh, and he turns around looking to go for before he could fully grasp the ball. And it falls incomplete. But there's still 1.6 seconds left to go in this first quarter, so why not have another play before a quick break? Yeah, no, I mean, th what is this, three plays in five yeah. seconds at the current pace? But, um, I mean, that's one of those that Luke Shavey is going to wake up tomorrow and say, wow, that could have been the difference maker. Um, he had a lot of space there if he turned. but I th it's He got a, a little bit excited a, there. Yeah, you can't blame bit. him. You know, with his speed, he can make a five-yard catch into a, uh, a touchdown. We've seen it many times before as Fahey. I'm going to say this one is actually going to be the last play of the quarter. He's got three receivers to his left. Curry also to his left right behind him. He's going to take the snap, fake the handoff. He's got a blitzer, going to try to fake him out. Now he's going to try to throw it. There's a man there and Johnny Sullivan. It was intended for him, but it falls incomplete. It wouldn't have been enough for a first down anyway. And that is going to bring us to the end of this first quarter of action. And... Uh, when we come back on 88-9, the bridge, it will be fourth down for the Islanders. Still knotted up at zero apiece between the Liberty Patriots and Islanders on 88-9, the bridge. Hey, Scott. I think it's time to head to bed. Let's get in our sleeping bags for the night. Yeah, I agree. It's getting late. Hey, Scott. You know how much trouble I have falling asleep. Can you tell me a bedtime story before we head to bed? Of course, Gabe. Which one do you want to hear? Ooh, please, please. Can I hear the one about my favorite radio show? All right, here it goes. Once upon a time in the world of the GPS show, Tom Brady, at the age of 99, just won his 50th Super Bowl ring. All across the land, the fans and players rushed to him asking, Tom, Tom, 
How is it possible to win so many Super Bowls? Of course, he thanked his teammates and coaches, but no one expected the secret ingredient. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. said, Listen to the GPS show. That's where I got my insight on all the NFL players from Patrick Mahomes to Mitchell Trubisky and continuously receive up-to-date news, predictions, and scores across the NFL. Thanks to them, I was able to outsmart the competition and become the greatest of all time. Wow, that was amazing, Scotty. Why can't I listen to the real show? Ah, I'm glad you liked it, young Gabe. If you want to hear more, tune into the GPS show to hear spectacular content every Tuesday and Friday from 5 to 6, only on 88.9 The Bridge. Now back to the action. Islanders football, only on 88.9 The Bridge. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into 88.9 The Bridge. The Liberty Patriots are taking over after a cold drain punt that uh, just went off the side of his foot there and went out of bounds, probably maybe a 5- or 10-yard punt there. So a little bit of a mishap for the Islanders, and Liberty Patriots will take over on the opposing 33-yard line. Now, a run outside to number 24. He's going to try to break a tackle from Chase Shavy, I believe. But, uh, yeah, that's number 22 there for the Islanders. Uh, Chase Shavy on the tackle after a gain of about 8 yards, but a flag. Uh, is on the field. Gabe, you asked me a few a few minutes ago what, how I think the rain's going to affect this game. I think we saw it there with the cold drain punt, and I think it's also going to come yeah. in the kicking game. I don't think we're going to see a lot of field goals coming in. We saw that last time with Liberty. They've had two straight possessions inside the Islanders' 15. They have bended but not braked, and I think that's really going to be one of the main things is can they continue to get these goal line stops? The game is still 0-0 if you're just joining us here. But Liberty, for the third time tonight on their third trade possession, they are knocking on the doorstep of the Islanders' end zone. Second down and three from the 26-yard line. Quarterback Brody Pesci, the junior, is going to be under center here. One running back. He's going to send a receiver in motion. He's going to hand it on a jet sweep to that receiver. That's going to be tripped up immediately there. What a great defensive play there by number eight, Mitchell Fisher there. So it looks like number eight was the ball carrier. Number eight was also on the tackle. Tate Hayden, one of the running backs, a junior for this Patriots squad on the carry, but it's going to be a loss of about three yards, so it'll bring up third and six. Gabe, and that's one of the benefits of having what they like to call the dogs is they can really get to the edges before any of these running backs with how dynamic they are. Our NFL comparison for them was Jamal Adams. And so expect those dogs to become a major factor in this game. Pesci now in the shotgun. Every time he's been back here, he's he's pretty much passed the ball. So he's got two running backs to either side of him. One Watch of them, number, number 34. 84. Number 34, Mason Carr. He's going to fake the handoff as Pesci looking now to number 11. And it goes off the hands of number 50 for the Islanders. That is Will Kendrick. Almost intercepted there. Uh, almost took hold of that Pesci pass. It was intended for Nathan Denert. <laughs> and I think I think that's kind of the rain game. I think that's one of those on a sunny practice. I think that's a pick six. And yeah. that's one of those that you just have to say, wow. I mean, look back at it. And or, you know, of... look ahead and forget that it ever happened. It's fourth down and six. If the Islanders stop them, that would be the third straight possession that... Are you surprised they're going for it? You know, it looks like... Yeah, they are going to go for it. I'm not really surprised. We've seen it before. They're an aggressive offense, but it'll be the third straight time in a row that the Islanders have stopped 
down Liberty while they're inside the 30-yard line. So here goes Pesci in the shotgun, looking to throw again. He's going to go up to 84. That's his man. He's going to have a defender on him. It's going to be, oh, in the back of the end zone. It's caught by number 84, Frederick Risebrod, for a touchdown. Liberty Patriots on a fourth down and six. Scott, you call them a Calvin Johnson-like player, and boy, were you right on that one. A great pass there from Brody Pesci, and it's caught 4-6, making it 6 to nothing with 10 minutes and 40 seconds I'd, I'd to like go. to read my pre-game analysis on him for you, Gabe. Strong and tall, likes the one-on-one matchups, aggressive but his bad running route, and loves the jump ball. We just saw that jump ball come into play there, and he was able to bring it down. So now number 13 for Liberty on the extra point. That's Leonardo Perez, and he's a wide receiver, wide receiver, kicker, punter, and defensive back. He's a senior, and he's going to knock it through to make it 7-0 to zero Liberty leads. So, Scott, it feels like if you're Mercer Island, you were right there. Just If, if the cornerback was an inch closer, that would have been an uh, incomplete pass, and the Islanders would take it over again. How do you stay confident even though you're down 7-0 uh, and, and look forward here? I think it's that you know that that's really the first thing your defense has gave up after being on three goal line stands. They know that they can stop this Liberty team, and I think they can sense it too. It's really going to come down to the offense now. They really need to get that run game going. They've had four carries for nine yards. That's not going to be enough to really win this game against a strong Liberty core, which is why they're the 103rd team in the state. We've got Luke Shavy and Samuel Gilchrist back to receive this kick. And uh, Leonardo Perez, who was on that extra point, is uh, going to be the one kicking off here. Like I said, 10 minutes and 40 seconds left to go between in the second quarter between Mercer Island and Liberty. And the kickoff is a squib kick down the middle. It's going to be picked up by number oh, 18, Luke Shavey. And he kind of bobbles it on the pickup, and he's just going to fall on the ground at the 23-yard line. So decent starting field position for Mercer Island. That's where Eli Fahey will take over. Yeah, and I think another big thing in this game is field position, Gabe. Uh, the Liberty has had the ball at their own 25, own 40, and then the Islanders 34 where they just scored. Mercer Island has started at their own 7, own 15, and own 24. Yeah, so obviously that's going to be uh, going to be a huge factor going forward in this game. We'll see if the Islanders can turn it around now. Eli Fahey, he's got Mason Chorak as the fullback behind him, and then Truman Curry on the counter. He's going to hand it off, and he's got some room, but stuffed immediately. The hole that he found was closed up after a gain of only one. I think they're going to have to realize that this isn't the game where they're going to be run. Um, Liberty has some really good defensive line. They have a really strong senior class of defensive linemen. They're going to have to rely on Eli, Samuel Gilchrist, Jack Derner, Johnny Sullivan to get this job done. Yeah, they've got a lot of guys, uh, a lot of weapons for Eli on the outside, including... Luke Shavey and uh, Jack Turner who line up at the bottom of your screen. Cole also mentioned to us, Cole Drain, the tight end, that usually Liberty likes to have at least one more DB than, than we do wide receivers. So look for that going forward. Now the snap is taken by Faye. He's going to make a quick pass to Cole Drayton, who's going to try to barrel forward for a first down, and he gets it. Great effort there by Drayton, the tight end. And just under 10 minutes now left to go in this first half of play, and the Islanders now have it first and 10 from their own 36. Okay, my question for you is, what it, what can't Cole do? That's my question. What can't he do? He can't make a good March Madness bracket because he has North Carolina going to the Final Four. We talked to him about that. You know, you know that is true. But I had them going pretty We've far, too. we some upsets so in March Madness, yeah. and the Islanders are hoping to pull off an upset today. Well, 
Let's see if it can start right now with an Eli Fahey snap. Handing it off on a little jet sweep to Luke Shavey, and he gets taken down immediately. Guess who it was, Scott? Number 84, who just scored the touchdown. Freddie Weissbrod, and he's going to make a play on the defensive end. So, obviously, a great athlete on both sides of the ball. Yeah, the tight ends are making the difference in this game. Didn't think I was going to be saying that, but... I mean, the the Islanders need to go at the Liberty Corners. That's where they're at the weakest. That's where Hazen attacked and found success. Hopefully the Islanders can diagnose that and turn something into points because this is really a momentum drive. Now the, cl the clock strikes nine minutes left to go, and Faye's going to send, uh, send Shavy on a little bubble screen, but instead he's going to pass over to the left-hand side to Gilchrist, and he's going to get taken down for a loss of four yards. There's a little bubble screen on the other side, to Gilchrist, but there was a couple of defenders there ready to take him down. And Gabe, along with momentum, this is going to become a big field position factor too with how high school punts go. The Liberty could very well, if they don't get a first down here, get the ball back at their own 40 again. Eli Fahey in the shotgun. He's got, this time, Jack Rowe, fellow junior, to his right. Three linebackers for Liberty, four down linemen. And Fahey takes the snap, rolling out right on a designated rollout. Now he's going to try to look downfield. He's got a man open. That's Johnny Sullivan. Throws it right in the pocket there. And Johnny Sullivan makes the play. The senior, one of his first splash plays of this season, gets down to Liberty's 35-yard line. And Eli Fahey has his team moving fast. Gabe, one of my things was big hitters. That's what this is going to come down to. Whenever Johnny Sullivan's in, you can expect it to be a chunk play. And we finally saw a payoff there. Fahey, this time handing it off down the middle to Jack Rowe, and he's got a full head of steam going forward. Here we go. This is what this Islanders offense is about, and it's going to be a gain of, looks like nine and a half, so second and inches with seven minutes and 50 seconds left to go in this second quarter. We've got a first, a second down and one from the 25-yard line. Yeah, Fahey faced slowly starting to turn around we saw him star slow last game and with 213 yards he's now up to 58 yards off these past two plays um he's starting to find his groove Fahey now in the pistol formation he's got Cole Drayton just ahead of him looking to be a lead blocker for maybe Jack Rowe on this run play yep he's going to hand it off to Rowe he's going to find a crease for enough for a first down only a gain of two yards there but on second down and one it'll be enough now the Islanders looking to tie this game up at seven apiece if they can get a touchdown here that would be obviously massive for this Islanders confidence because they didn't score a single point last time they played the Patriots yeah and I think that's one of the biggest changes we've seen between the two years is that the Islanders have really kind of hit their stride on offense they always have started slow this year but it's really the second and third quarters where they make their money Shavy and Derner at the bottom of Fahey with now Rowe down the middle. He's going to fake a handoff. Fahey's going to look downfield. He's got a jack turn over the end zone. It's caught. Touchdown, Islanders. Oh, my, am I. They respond big there. Jack Turner, he said, after that game, he's like, yeah, I know I made a big catch, but I wanted that touchdown. And there he has it. He got off quick like he did last time, uh, last week against Newport. And there you go, making a huge play there, scoring a touchdown. And now... Here goes uh, number 46, Samir Lumba on, the sophomore, to kick this extra point and tie this game up. Number 12, Spencer Kornblum, the holder here. Good snap, good hold, and the kick is up. And it drifts off to the left side, so no good there. 
which makes the score seven to six with six minutes and 55 seconds left to go in this second quarter. Yeah, Eli is now four of eight for 80 yards and a touchdown. And Gabe, let's go back to that Jack Duran play. A beautiful double route. Found his guy, beat his defender, got wide open. I mean, he had so much space. He could have done a little jumping jack in there if he wanted to. Um, Jack Durner, he called himself Julian Elman, showing off that <laughs> beautiful slot run route. Yeah, Jack Durner. You know, Julian Edelman isn't really, I think, an apt comparison for him, I would say. You know, he reminds me a little bit of like a Chris Godwin type guy, still out of the slot, but he's got speed for sure. He can get by any defender. And now Samir Lumba ready to kick off uh, to the Liberty Patriots now on this Saturday night. The lights are on this field. There's a lot of stars to show as well. Fahey and Derner, two of them on that connection. Yeah, and Samir, I've played soccer with him before, and he does have a strong leg. And he's going to have a little bit of a squib kick down the middle, and he's going to be received. Oh, but he's going to go through number 14's legs there, but he recovered at his own 24-yard line. So that is where Pesci will come back and try to respond after a quick strike to Jack Derner. We'll make this game 7-6. to six. Islanders still trailing, but only by one point. Gabe, here's my second prediction for the night. One for one, thanks to Johnny Sullivan's deep shot. Islanders have the momentum. Look for a huge tackle for loss here. Keep it going with all the seniors in the stands. All right, now we've got Pesci under center this time. A tight bunch here. No player more than, I would say, 10 feet either side of him. He's going to take the snap now, sending a man in motion. He's going to hand it off down the middle, and it's going to be a lot of defenders there ready to stop him. Number 24 there on the carry. That's Scott Heim Heimbigner, and... Uh, Heiminger is, is going to get taken down for a gain of uh, two yards there. Bring up second and eight with six minutes and 30 seconds left to go. One for two, Gabe. Uh, <laughs> close, but um, I mean, yeah, that, that's what Liberty's been doing all game is they, they run the ro life out of the rock and then they hit you with the play action to Freddie Weisberg, who's already over 60 yards on the day and has a touchdown. Pesci under center once again really where he likes to be on every snap like we see a lot in high school. And he's going to hand it off on a jet sweep to number six for Liberty. He's going to take it on the outside, get around a defender, and Shavey is going to try to bring him down, but fights just ahead to get to the first down marker right before he's taken out of bounds. That was number six, uh, Jackson Thorinson. And uh, the the freshman, uh, is uh, he's a classified as a sweeper, which is something that's not on the MI roster. Everyone's got a traditional uh, position for Mercer Allen, but we see so many of these guys run in motion for Liberty that they have a designated position, which is sweeper, and they've got, I would say, about five of them on the team here. Yeah, Gabe, the interesting thing is last week when Liberty played, their, running back, their jet sweeper, as I like to call them, had 16 carries. Now, a, a handoff down the middle this time. He's going to be taken down for a loss there on the run play. Scott, there you go. Maybe we'll say 1.5 out of 2 on your prediction thus far because that was a, a huge loss there. Makes it second down and about 12 yards for Liberty. Yeah, and Gabe, I think really what we're going to see with about five minutes left in the half, I think the Islanders are going to go into the locker room and really realize they need to start setting some QB contains because that's where they found their success so far. Liberty has not really taken 
the ball down the down the gut. It's usually been on those outside runs, trying to bounce it out wide. Number 50, Will Kendrick there, the senior. He was the one calling the shots for this MI defense. Got them all in the huddle, and now they're back out here to uh, go against this Liberty offense. Now with 5 minutes and 21 seconds left to go in this second quarter, Liberty's going to take a quick timeout. And we will do so as well on here on 88.9 The Bridge. When we come back, Liberty has it second and 11 on their own 34-yard line, so don't go anywhere. What's up? This is Jonah Hyman from 88.9 The Bridge, and I wanted to remind you how incredibly important it is to support local small businesses during these difficult times. In every town across America, small business owners are fighting to keep their workers employed and their companies afloat amid the pandemic. I strongly encourage you to do your part by shopping small and locally every single day. Together, we can save small businesses. Are you ready? This is Islander Football. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. We've got an exciting matchup here for you between the Liberty Patriots in the jungle against your Mercer Island Islanders. Now we have a second and 11. Liberty up 7-6 to six with just over five minutes left to go in this first half. Brody Pesci, the junior quarterback, taking the snap. He's going to pass it out wide to his favorite target, Freddie Wisebrod, and the junior's going to be taken down after a gain of about, looks like, five yards there. So I'll bring up second down and uh, or th excuse me, third down and four. Gabe, if there's such a thing as a laser focus on a receiver, that's what we're seeing with Liberty. All six targets have been thrown to number 84, Freddie Wisebrod. He's now brought in three balls for 70 one yards and a touchdown. I mean, and, and we look at some of these other players that are lining up out wide. I mean, the guy like Isaiah Valich, he, he's designated as a sweeper. So even though he's a wide receiver, you don't really look for him on the pass. He's going to come out on a jet sweep. So uh, most of the passes are going to Wisebrod. Of course, now a, pa uh, a run play, a toss out here is going to be out wide to number 24. And he's going to get lit up there by an MI defender, but not before getting a first down there. So uh, an off tackle to the left-hand side run there from... Uh, from Scott Heimberger and uh, the senior gets enough for first down. Now the Patriots have it on their own 48. Yeah, Ryan Dallas with a huge hit there, but what Liberty does, which I do like, is they're really good at setting the outside. They like to get that pitch going and get it to the fullback, and right then their running back has full momentum and is usually able to break at least one tackle. Heimberger is to the right of Pesci. He's going to send number six Jackson Thornton in motion and the sweep is going to go to him now on the right hand side he's got a little bit of a hole and he's going to get across midfield to the 47 of Mercer Island it's going to bring up a second down and six yards yeah and on the tackle was number 11 Garrett Rogan he's really had a he's had a yeah, strong a game start. he's deflected two passes had that one that ended up kind of getting Richard Sherman tipped yeah like to, to Malcolm Smith aka yeah. Cole Drayton <laughs> um and now he's going down on the chase down tackle. So Garrett Rogan, one of those players who we don't talk a lot about a lot, but has really made a major difference. We've got two players for the Islanders checking out. It's number 61, Tommy Burke, and number 84, Mason Chorak on this. Oh, I guess, oh, excuse us, there was a flag there uh, on the first down I believe play. it was holding yeah, so on the right tackle. Make it first and 15 now. A long way to go here for Pesci and company. Sending number seven in motion. He's going to 
Fake the handoff to him and now, oh, excuse me, yeah, he does hand it off to him. And there's number one, Cole Drayton, jostling with him in the backfield. And he's going to end up taking him down. Number seven, Isaiah Valich. There's so many of these guys, it's hard to keep track of who has the ball in the backfield. But Cole Drayton knew who was in the backfield, and he brought him down. Yeah, Cole Drayton's been everywhere. He has three tackles, two tackles for loss, and, of course, his interception. He's really been making a difference at his middle linebacker spot. I would like to see a blitz here, Gabe. I think we're going to see... At 2nd and 18, I think we're going to see Brody come out and immediately look for number 84, Freddie Wisebrod. Two running backs behind the quarterback here. He's going to send another man in motion. And a handoff goes down the middle. It's going to be shimmying up, shimmying up through the middle. Was uh, We're going to have to look here. We're going to have to... Oh, that's number 12 there. Ryan Kane uh, on the play, our... Our thanks to Mr. Kornblum here. Spencer Kornblum is his son. He's, he's on the field, but of course, as always, Mr. Kornblum, he's always the guy, you know, with the, if you ever go to an MI game, he's got the deep voice, always uh, says the ball carrier, and he's right next to us here. So it helps our job a little bit when uh, we've, we've got a trusty source next to us as uh, we've got Pesci here, the, the junior QB, this time backing up to be in the shotgun with a running back to either side of him. And on this third down and 14 play here, a timeout is called by the Liberty Patriots. So with a minute and 32 seconds left to go in this second quarter, we're going to take a quick break here on 88.9 the bridge. But when we return, a third down and long, can the Islanders make a stop and get the ball back here before halftime? Thank you for listening to KMIH 88.9 the bridge. At this moment, I'd like to remind all our listeners to always wear a seatbelt, whether you're the passenger, the driver, Whatever vehicle you're in, safety is the number one priority. Thank you. Welcome back to 88.9 The Bridge. I'm Dan, and I'm here to tell you to wear bright clothes when walking in the dark. Although we only do a quarter of our driving at night, over 50% of car accidents happen at night. Wearing bright clothes will protect you and drivers from collisions. Especially now when the sun goes down earlier, you should wear fluorescent colors to prevent accidents. Walking keeps you healthy but getting hit by cars does not. Stay safe, and thanks for listening. It's Islanders football only on KMIH Mercer Island, 88.9 The Bridge. Here we... Welcome back into 88.9 The Bridge. we got a third and 14 quarterback, Brody Pesci for Liberty, rolling out to his left, going to try to make a throw deep, but it's going to be incomplete there, and that'll bring up a fourth down and 14 from Liberty's own 44-yard line, and this time they're going to bring out the punter. That's number 13, Leonardo Perez, the do-it-all. Assume he's a soccer star because he's the kicker and the punter for this team and the kickoff specialist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's my one prediction of the night. We'll, we'll, we'll have to wait till, till soccer season to find that out. Uh, interesting. I'm just, I'm just going to say interesting prediction, and I'll leave it at that. Perez waiting as he takes a good high snap, rolling out to his right. Going to take a couple steps Australian style and punt it down the middle. It's going to bounce to the 30-yard line. You get a huge Liberty bounce across the 20, down to the 10, all the way down across the 5. That ball is rolling. Please stop. It does at the 5 You know, Gabe, you might be right about your prediction. Yeah. He, he either plays soccer or rugby because sure. he had that Australian off style. That, kick, that was a nice kick. Yeah, we see it a lot more in the NFL now. Rolling out to his right on the punt, taking a couple steps, almost getting blocked there, but allows it to kind of get more momentum rolling forward. And Eli Fahey is backed up. 
on his own five-yard line. First and 10 with a minute and 15 seconds left to go. This two-minute drill here for the junior quarterback. I think they'd come out with Truman, but I would like to see Jack Rowe get more involved. He had that strong 11-yard run on the last drive. Curry is to the left of Fahey. They're standing right on the goal line. Luke Shavey is in the slot here, and looks like Weisberg jumped off. Weisbrod, excuse me, the wide receiver, defensive end specialist, uh, it jumped off sides there, and that is going to allow for some breathing room for this Islanders team. Make it first and ten, or excuse me, first and five from the ten-yard line. Feels a little bit nicer, you know, to have your your heels not right on the goal line. Yeah, and that was actually a huge, I mean, that's a huge difference for them. We saw last week the Islanders even forced a safety on that same type of position. Fahey now taking the snap, faking a pass, handing it off to Truman Curry, who almost breaks the tackle but gets dragged down by the heels. Number 50 for Liberty, Aiden Mitchell, the defensive lineman, on the tackle there. So that brings up second down and one. So a decent gain there by Truman Curry. Yeah, four yards on the carry, and I I think I think there's a minute left in the second yeah, exactly. halftime. I think you let Eli air it out. Find Johnny Sullivan. Fifty seconds left to go in the in this first half of play. Now a quick pass out wide to Jack Durney. He's gonna try to make a man miss, but he's taken down immediately there. So a smart play you could say for the Islanders. They have all three timeouts remaining. They get enough for the first down. So a fresh set here for the Islanders with 47 seconds now ticking on the clock but the clock was stopped there we're gonna have to see uh yeah they they did call a timeout there for Mercer Island but we'll stick around here Scott if the Islanders do end up getting points here how how much more confidence do they have going into the halftime locker room how important do you think this last drive is I think it's huge especially because they start with ball in the second half the Islanders have really gained full momentum in this game Liberty started off on fire they were they had a near 75-yard drive. They had went 66 yards. Then they had a 30-yard drive because they started on the Islanders, or sorry, their own 40, and then they scored the touchdown. Since then, their offense has been almost stalemated in a way. They've gone to a complete stop. The Islanders' defense has come up huge in this game, and I think if the Islanders can find a way to pull this game out, I think the defense is going to be the main reason why. Scott, I don't want to paint the Islanders as an Oral Roberts type team here because they're definitely not a huge underdog what about a north texas what about ohio who just took a win there excited about that one i had them in my bracket uh but i did too but even going into this locker room only down one against this great liberty patriots team like you said starting with the ball great first half for mercer island thus far no matter what happens here but Faye's gonna take the snap looking to change the score here he's gonna pass it down the middle luke shavy that's his first reception uh, of the game here and Jack Durner, you can see him going downfield, yelling at his coaching staff, saying, we got to go. There's now 35 seconds left to go in this first half of play. Islanders still on their own 29-yard line, second and one. And Fahey. look for Cole here, right down the seam. Fahey taking a snap. Jordan's going on a little flat route. He's going to roll out to his right, try to find Durner, and the pass sails out of bounds. On a deep out for Durner, he actually got past a man, but the pass just whistled across his fingertips, meaning that brings up a third, a fourth down. Uh, all right, a third down and one, the, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you there. A third down and one, the officials on the field had it fourth down, but uh, it's going to be th- <laughs> third, third down and one for Mercer Island. 21 seconds left to go here in this first half. Four receivers out wide. You expect pass here, even though the Islanders do have two timeouts to spare. Four deep corner 
DBs for Liberty now. Fahey taking the stop, looking way deep downfield. Does he have a man open? Nope. It sails just over Jack Derner's head. Maybe past uh, was intended for Johnny Sullivan, uh, either one of them, but it's going to be incomplete with 16 seconds left to go. Now here is a fourth and one. Scott, you have it on your own 29-yard line. Do you punt this away with 16 seconds left to go? Make sure that you go into the locker room only down one, or do you try to take a chance here, go for it, and, and hope that your defense, if you don't get it, can, uh, can provide a stop? Well, I, I think we see Fahey coming back onto the field. So Interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the go for you know, it based I, I would that, guess. I, I, I like this call, because, especially because Liberty hasn't shown that they have maybe even a kicker on their roster, I'd like to say. Put faith in your defense. I'm going to guess a run to Curry here and then a quick timeout. But, yeah, a QB sneak actually from Fahey down the middle, and he gets enough for a first down there. So you would think even if the clock runs runs down, it wouldn't even matter because at least they, they make sure Liberty can't extend the lead no matter what. And a timeout for Mercer Island with 11 seconds left to go on the dot. From their own 32, Scott, are you putting your house on, uh, on Mercer Island getting points here? Or what do you think the chances are right now? I think there's a, if there's any points, it's going to be a field goal. Um, this Liberty defense has been really strong. We've we've really only seen them give up one big play, which was that 30-yard deep ball to Johnny Sullivan. So with that said, I think this is going to be one of those where you kind of look for the sideline route, kind of like the route that Jack Turner ran last time, um, one of those corner strike routes. And I think that's really what they're going to have to look for. Maybe run two or three of those and hope you can – get inside the Liberty 20. Now 15 seconds actually they're going to add four which only helps the Islanders right now. They uh, need all the help they can get. The clock is not their friend but uh, Scott 15 seconds like I said I, I just uh, I, I think there was a smart fourth down play though because even if you punted it away at least there's no points uh, no matter what if Liberty uh, got a, a miraculous play here so the odds are in the Islanders' favor now uh, with 15 seconds left to go. Scott, maybe he doesn't understand that reference, but uh, we'll see here. Truman Curry to his right on a first down and 10. Three receivers at the bottom. That would be Drayton, Shavy, and Derner, and Johnny Sullivan alone to his right. Faye taking the snap. He's going to throw a Hail Mary pass deep downfield. He's got Luke Shavey. The speeds are open. He's going to end the catch. Oh, my goodness. 20. No way. Do you Ten. believe? Ten. Dragged down at the one-yard line with four call seconds left. Out. They've got to call a timeout with three seconds left. Oh, my goodness. Three seconds left to go. Luke Shavey said, I'll do it myself. He gave out an ankle, though. He's injured on the play. 67-yard pass play deep downfield to Shavey. We hope he's okay. He's down in the end zone, but he's going to look like he's going to. That's Luke Shavy there uh, on the reception. Wow, Scott. So maybe I should have put my house on it there because if the Islanders first down and goal from the two-yard line with one play, really, yeah, three Dave, seconds. Here's, here's the question. Three seconds left. What do you do? Do you take your points? Or do you go for the, or do you, or do you send that, or do you go for the full house and try for the touchdown? I think you got to go for a touchdown here to really extend the lead because, or you go, or you go school. for my favorite play, the slants. And then, I maybe say even a QB sneak could could do the trick just from two yards out. They're still looking over Luke Shavy, who um, obviously he's an integral part of this Mercer Allen team, but so is the rest of his family. Uh, his 
his brother, Chase Shavy, we've said his name a couple times. Um, he has been um, a great factor on the defensive side, uh, and their dad is the offensive coordinator, excuse me, the defensive coordinator for Mercer Island. So the Islanders now uh, will come back out on the field as Shavy is brought to the sideline. An incredible play there, uh, really just outran everyone on the field, and he's going to uh, walk off the field, but the Islanders now bring back on Eli Fahey. So first and goal from the two-yard line, down by one point with three I'm, seconds I'm left to go. I'm interested to see what they do here. They brought in a fullback. Fahey now at the end of this first half, takes the snap, hands it off to Truman Curry down the middle. He's going to get blown up in the backfield with zero seconds left to go, and Eli Fahey puts his hands on his head. The Liberty Patriots celebrating now as they walk off the field knowing they just got a huge break there. So a tackle at the two-yard line is enough to make sure the Islanders get no points there to end off this first half of play. So now uh, with that, we will um, send it off to halftime there uh, from 88-9 the bridge. Once again, the Liberty Patriots beating the Mercer Island Islanders 7-6. to There's still a lot more football left to be played, so stay tuned here on 88-9 the bridge. Hello, everyone. I'm Scott Pirak, joined with Gabe Gottesman from 88-9 the bridge. Today we are joined by tight end, edge rusher, and punter for the Mercer Island Islanders, Cole Drayton. This is Cole's second year on varsity, and he has emerged as one of the star players on both sides of the ball. Last week against Newport, Cole had three catches for 77 yards, including a toe drag catch on the sideline and a Randy Moss-like grab over a Newport defender. He also received player of the game honors with eight tackles, a half tackle for loss, and two fumble recoveries as the Islanders cruised to a 16-3 win. This Saturday night, Cole and the Islanders will take on the Liberty Patriots and we'll have to broadcast live from the jungle at 7 p.m. Thank you so much for joining us today, Cole Drayton. Glad to be here. Our first question for you is we talked to Eli yesterday about the shortage of fans and the impact it had on the game. How do you think you were affected by not having friends and family in the crowd? Well, yeah, I feel like the most I missed it was uh, pregame because usually there's some energy, you know, and you can feel the buzz of the crowd and then people start to trickle in and it gets louder and louder. But during the game, even last year, uh, at least when I played, I kind of blocked out noise and I wouldn't really hear much when I was on the field. So I don't think during the game did anything, but I just definitely say post game, post game and pregame, uh, I could it kind of took down the energy a little bit, but other than that, I thought it was fine. So Cole, last Friday on the broadcast, Scott and I were talking about Carter Burr right before you guys had your first punt. Return. I know he's punt returner, he was wide receiver, he was safety, and he was also punter. And we were like, yeah. "Oh, is that going to happen again this year?" Because we didn't know on the roster there was no official punter. And then we see you're at the tight end spot, and you go back to punter. And you have a nice kick at roll four, got a nice MI hop. Uh, how do you how did you get the job as the punter? And what's it like yeah. to play offense, get back every so often, punt, and then play defense right away afterwards? Yeah, so um, we had a maroon and white game about two weeks ago, and we were doing punting tryouts. And during quarantine, um, me and Eli would go to the high school field, and Jack Derner would go to the high school field and you know, just pass the ball around. And then I punted one day and I had a kind of good punt. So then during trials, all the kickers are punting. Then I'm like, give me a try coach. And then he said, sure thing. And I could kick the ball. So he's like, okay, it's weird having a linebacker punt, but why not go ahead, put him over there. And now I, now I get to punt. <laughs> a little bonus for you. So yeah. in our first uh, interview with Eli, he came in saying, 
I'm a little nervous for our first game, not going to lie. Now, unlike him, this is your second year really being a starter on the varsity team. Did you have any nerves going to the game? And can you also talk about your role as a blocker and how you think you compare as a receiving tight end to a blocking tight end? Yeah, so I was – I get where you guys come from. Last year I was nervous. I used to actually take Tums before every game last year because I get so nervous. It's kind of weird, but I used to take Tums because I used to get really nervous. But, like, against Newport, I wasn't nervous. I don't think I – was, I wasn't really that nervous. But um, the blocking tight end, receiving tight end, I'd say I'm a better receiving tight end uh, because I can uh, – I'm, I'm, like, lean or not lean. I can move a little bit like a regular receiver. So I say I'm a better receiving tight end than blocking tight end. But, I mean, I can do the dirty work if I got it. But I call myself definitely a better receiving tight end than a blocking tight end. So yesterday after the game, a couple of days later, we were talking with Eli Fahey, your quarterback, about how nice it is to have a kind of a security blanket like you. That's kind of how he would describe you. And he said he, he can throw the ball up and he knows you at least have a chance, uh, at least a shot at bringing it down no matter what, no matter how tight the coverage is. Can you explain your connection with Eli uh, and how how good of chemistry you guys have together? Yeah, well, we just – since since last season ended, actually, we've been um, – Whenever we have time, we go to ICP or the high school field in mornings or whatever, and we'd run routes, go through plays, throw balls, catch them, and all that. And um, we really got our connection going when we started going to uh, workout sessions with uh, Courtney Taylor, who played in the um, NFL. And I feel like that's when Eli really started. Eli and I really started to click as um, a good duo out on the field, and that's when I started to realize that me and Eli could do something special. When I saw how in real situations he could start dealing the ball out to me and we could start making plays so I just say a bunch of practice and getting extra time in not during um scheduled practice really got me and Eli um tight on the field so this is a two-part question for you Cole do you consider yourself a stronger receiver or stronger defender that's the first part you you had good stats on both sides of the ball I don't know because last oh man last year I played more defense definitely than receiver and I think I did pretty well last year I don't know that's I a mean, eight, eight tackles that's 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 pretty good I'm gonna dang I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to actually give it a tie I don't know yet I gotta I gotta I could tell you definitely at the end of the season but right now I don't know I don't know yet okay so, and then the second part to this is we are making our NFL offense. We have Eli as Kyler Murray. That was his comparison. Jack Durner compared himself with Julian Edelman. And so now, <laughs> I, so now I want you to give your comparisons of you as a tight end and you as a def- edge rusher. I have <laughs> going to be a Raven player in there somewhere. So obviously the edge rusher, I'm taking Matt Judon, obviously. <laughs> Even though he's ex-Ravens player now on the path, still my guy. On offense... Shannon Sharp, Shannon Sharp, that's what I want. Shannon Sharp could play tight end, block, but he could also go out there and score a 99-yard touchdown. So I'm giving myself Shannon Sharp on offense. So in 30 years, you're going to be arguing with Skip Bayless when he's 100 years old, do you think? Uh, exactly. Um, so looking forward to, to next week, well, it's actually this Saturday night. You guys are yeah. playing the Liberty Patriots. You've probably already done a little bit of preparation, just kind of thinking ahead, especially because uh, previous year you've played against them. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in particular that you're looking at to take advantage of as an entire offense and also uh, you especially? Well, on the offensive side, yeah, they um, – on our offensive side, um, we're going to try to attack 
I think over the top because they run um, four three, and we're gonna have to really uh, pressure their corners. So what we saw in film, um, if we go two out wide, they'll cover us with three, and if we go three out wide, they'll cover us with three again. So we're putting in new levels concepts to try to mess up the corners, and I think I'm we're expecting man to man, hopefully, which I want at least, but. I th- we're changing up uh, concepts that we did yesterday at practice. We're going to pass the ball a little more, and we're going to give Eli the option to uh, run some uh, speed options, actually, too. And then our final question for you. We know you're a big fan of football, but we also know you're a big fan of UNC. So our, mm. our final question for you, we have to bring it up. Well, you guys are playing this going to be some March Madness game. Who is your March Madness winner? Okay, I got Illinois over Gonzaga, 77-73. to 73. But, but I think I also got three 12 seeds beating five seeds. And you guys, I have to say this because I'm a UNC fan. I got UNC <laughs> going to the final four for beating Baylor in the second round. And then we're going to beat Ohio State in the Elite Eight, then lose to Illinois in the final. I've, four. Got, I've got North Carolina in the Elite Eight this year. I actually like that. I think they're, they're – And I've also got yeah, Illinois. Got yeah. I've got Illinois over Gonzaga too. So, I mean, I, I think I've got pretty good. Those are the best players in the nation. So, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Cole. And make sure to tune in to 88.9 The Bridge for Mercer Island versus Liberty. And, Cole, we can't wait to see what you do against the Patriots. Thank you. After a 1-0 start against the Newport Knights winning 16-3, the Islanders look to continue their hot streak. I'm going to make a prediction. Safety. All out blitz for the Islanders. They come in and pass out wide. And, Scott, your prediction came true. That's a safety for the Islanders. Wow. New faces like quarterback Eli Fahey look to continue their dominant start to the season. And I see Buke in the backfield, which leads me to believe we'll likely see some passes. High snap, bending down now, takes a snap. He's got time. He looks, he's got an old man open deep in the end zone, waving his hand in the air. It is caught. That's Samuel Gilchrist for a touchdown. Islanders. This week, they continue their hopes on a perfect season against the 1-0 Liberty Patriots. Handing it off down the middle. Jack Rowe's got room. Jack Rowe pushing forward as he gets to the end zone. He does. It's a touchdown. Islanders. With difference makers all over the field, expect an outburst of highlight plays and scoring. Two unique play styles, one winner. Liberty Patriots, Mercer Island Islanders, only on 88.9 The Bridge. Now back to the action. Islanders football only on 88.9 The Bridge. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into 88.9 The Bridge along with Scott Pirak. I am Gabe Gosman here bringing you some Kinko football action between Mercer Island and Liberty. Currently, the Patriots are getting ready for the second half kickoff. They are leading 7-6 thanks to a touchdown to... Uh, wide receiver Frederick Weisbrod and on the other side the Islanders six points come from a touchdown to Jack Derner uh, the Islanders uh, got the ball there um, at the end of the end of the first half of the two-minute drill they found a deep pass to Luke Shavey down to the two-yard line but with two seconds left they went for it and uh, when time expired Truman Curry was stepped at the line for no gain so no points on that possession both teams have been stopped in the red zone a couple times and Scott who was the player of the first half for you on the Islanders side who was the player that made the biggest difference there well I think for the offensive side I'm gonna have to go with Eli Fahey that's kind of the obvious one to me Five of nine for 147 yards in that beautiful touchdown strike to Jack Derner. On the defense, kind of the player who we haven't really mentioned a lot, Gabe, Garrett Rogan. He's made 
two huge defensive plays, and then he had that one that he tipped to Cole Drayton. Garrett Rogan has really made an impact as a corner this game. So the kickoff for Liberty went out of bounds. Uh, that was by Leonardo Perez. So the Islanders will get it on the 40-yard line. And uh, quick complete a pass from Fahey outside to Samuel Gilchrist. I believe that's his first of the night. That will bring up a second down and three from the 47 of MI. Yeah, I, I like this, though. I like seeing Eli, though. I think the run, the run game has kind of... Been, been stopped to a halt, and I think they're really going to have to rely on Eli to lead them to victory tonight. So uh, after that play, there was a flag thrown, and that will push the Islanders back to make it a first and 15. Uh, not exactly sure, maybe a holding call on the offense, but that's not the, the, the thing that really matters. The thing that really matters is that the Islanders are pushed back to first and 15. So now Fahey, Truman Curry to his right, Cole Drain right behind the offensive line, looking to be the lead blocker as the handoff does go to Truman Curry. He's got some room upfield, trucks a man in the second level and gets across for a gain of about nine yards there, bringing it up to a second down and six from the 44. Yeah, maybe we're seeing some new life out of Truman Curry. In the first half, he had six carries for 14 yards. You can do the math on that. Not the best average we've seen out of Truman. But already starting off the second half with a nice carry. Yeah, it seems like he's almost not, I wouldn't say won the starting job, but he's getting a lot of reps early in this game because of that incredible performance he had last week versus Newport. Had a couple big runs as uh, Samuel Gilchrist is sent in motion. The handoff once again goes to Curry. This time he is taken down, driven backwards by a couple of defenders there. One of them, number 17, Michael Wong, a, a senior for the Patriots and Scott it's going to be interesting Luke Shavey not in the game uh, for the remainder of this game and we saw Samuel Gilchrist get sent in motion maybe he kind of takes on the role of Luke Shavey who's that slot receiver that is is definitely a, a fast guy do you think that's what Samuel Gilchrist yeah Luke Shavey really opens up this offense we saw that on one the second to last play when he had that 67 yard catch from Eli I think Samuel Gilchrist will fill the role in the slot yeah even with Shavey out we still got Sullivan Derner Gilchrist and trading out wide as Fahey's back to pass. He's dropping way back. He's got to look for a man open, and it falls out of bounds. Incomplete on the near side, and a penalty is thrown. Number 25 for Liberty, Griffin Core was clapping, so that means it's most likely against the Islanders there. As Wouldn't surprise me if it's an illegal man downfield. We kind of saw all the offensive linemen yeah. run their own separate ways after the screen pass got broken down. Eli said he had time there, uh, but couldn't find a man open. So that'll bring up third down and eight now. Just a minute and a half into this sec third quarter, 10 minutes. Uh, still obviously plenty of time in this game. Only down one. This really could go either way. But the Islanders, oh, excuse me, that brings up a fourth down and eight from Rush Island. So Cole Drayton coming off uh, as a tight end and not going back on as a punter. And back deep to receive uh, is a Liberty Patriot there. So Drayton looking for some redemption after, by his standards, not the best punt. And now he looks to have a better one this time. And it's going to be a, a wobbler, but it's going to be a great Islander hop there across the 20. There you go, Cole, showing what you can really do. Uh, punting the football gets it down to the 17-yard line of Liberty. And that's where junior quarterback Brody Pesci will take over. Yeah, and I, I think that Liberty is going to come out kind of doing what we saw them do last half, which was run the life out of the football. They Brody Pesci really didn't have the best passing game. It was really kind of... Number 84, Freddie Wisebrod, that kind of picked it up for him. Brusco went 2 of 7, but he did have 65 yards because of that one 31-yard bomb to the end zone. 
So look for Scott Heinberger to make a difference here. Here goes Pesci now looking for a quick pass outside. He's got his man Wisebrod like always. And he's going to get across for a first down there. And uh, now with 10 minutes and 15 seconds left to go in this sec uh, third quarter here, the Liberty Patriots are marching. Gabe, I want to ask you, what is the answer to stopping maybe the best player we've seen on the field so far today? Absolutely. Liberty's yeah. number 84, Freddie Wisebrod. How do we stop him? I mean, I think helping over the top, we see Chase Shavey way back there as a deep safety there, maybe leaning towards his way, helping out Garrett Rogan or Nick Chitalis on the outside. Now we've got Pesci taking the snap, I mean, looking outside once again to Wisebrother. They're giving him a little bit of cushion because we know how good he is on the deep route. Instead, he stops for a little bit of uh, They aren't even looking route. at anyone else. Yeah, I mean, Wisebrod, a junior, getting up, and uh, he is uh, a little bit tired, you can tell, but nothing is stopping him right now, of course. And Scott, on the Islander side, we heard Jack Derner and Cole Drayton say that um, that they expected Liberty to play man-to-man -man defense and play a little bit off for some. And, and Eli Fahey said they gotta they gotta beat the Patriots deep, and that's exactly what Liberty is doing to this Islanders defense, taking advantage of these short out passes as a man goes in motion for Pesci, and it's gonna be a handoff down the middle to number 42 there. Uh, or ex excuse me, not number 12 there for Liberty, that but is a flag Ryan Kane. On the flag on the play looks like it's going to go against Liberty, I would guess. going to be a legal formation. Nine minutes and 45 seconds left to go in oh, this 7-6 contest. Uh, and that makes it a first down and 15 now for Liberty. Scott, do you think that right now... Uh, I mean, we mentioned how great Freddie Rasbrod has been, but this run game has also been pretty consistent for Liberty. Do you think that uh, if they focus too much on Wisebrod, that would open up the run game even more? Yeah, I, th I mean, I think they're going to have to start doubling Freddie Wisebrod every play, but then really bring those linebackers in and let them do what they've been so successful at during this game. Thorinson now on the sweep play. He's going to get down across outside to the left, bouncing it out, and he's going to get taken down by the horse collar there, an aggressive tackle by an Islander. Couldn't quite pinpoint who it was, but that's going to be Chase a flag Shavey, there. Number 22. Yeah, Chase Shavey, give him credit for getting there against a, a, a quick wide receiver, uh, a freshman Jackson Thornson, but um, it's going to be yeah, a horse collar tackle against MI, making it a first down and 10 for the Patriots. And that's just a killer for Mercer Island. I mean... I, I think they still have most of the momentum in this game, but they went into half fairly on fire, and Liberty has come out with a strong start. So now Pesci with number, th number I believe that's 24, uh, Heiminger in the backfield, and the uh, offensive line and the rest of the Liberty Patriots stand up for a second, reset, recalibrate themselves as uh, they look to push up against this strong defensive front for Mercer Island and now Pesci back under center ready to take the snap sending another man in motion and faking the handoff looking deep downfield he's got a man open not hot not wise about that time number 25 almost shocked me there that's Griffin core there the tight end on the reception down the seam he's gonna get enough for a first down to the 29 yard line of Mercer Island so these Patriots Scott they're up only by one point, but they're looking aggressive here trying to strike again in the second half. Yeah, they're definitely looking like the stronger team right now. MI really needs to gain that momentum back. And I think that's going to have to come through Derek Osmond, the defensive tackle. 
trying to let him get right through the A8 or B gap and get to Brody Peschel because we haven't seen a sack this game for either team. Pesci's got two running backs behind him. He's going to send a, a man in motion in front of him. It's gonna, the, the run's going to go to number 12, Ryan Kane there, and uh, he's got nowhere to go, taken down after only about two yards. So that will bring up second down, and they'll call it three there. So second down and seven from the 26. And there's a flag down on the field. Let's see what the referee says here. Face mask against the defense. Wow, that's a huge penalty there against Mercer Island. That'll push them even further back in their own, uh, near their own goal line. And Liberty only getting closer to this first down as it's now second down and only two yards to go from the 22. You know, Gabe, we aren't in the pile, of course, but I don't know if I agree with that call. I think that's, that's kind of one of those cheap ones. Well, I mean, you know, we might be biased as Islanders fans as Pesci looks to take a deep shot downfield to number 84. That's Wise brought in. Can he bring it down? No, he cannot. So another jump ball there and a triple coverage there. Pesci trusts his guy more than anyone on earth, it seems like, this game. But it falls incomplete there. And now Wise Broad will take a step off the field. And there's going to be a few people going to check on him. Maybe he's just a little bit tired from all the action he's been receiving so far this game. And we have two players, the entire defense from Rashawn coming off. It looks like they're going to, are they going to call a time? No, they're bringing the players back on the field. A little bit of confusion here. This will be a second down and three yards to go for Liberty. And with Freddie Freddy Wise brought off, I think you have to send the blitz here. Realize that. They really don't have any other weapons in the passing game. Full-on run commit. Ryan Kane directly behind Pesci now as the snap will go to him. He's going to get by one man. Dart across the second level and get tackled finally by Truman Curry, but not before getting enough for a first down and to the 11-yard line of Mercer Island. So I believe the tackle is credited to Ryan Dallas. I think Truman was there for the assist. But, I mean... This is what Liberty's been doing the all game. They've had great success going down the middle, following their lead blockers. And I think the Islanders are going to have to find a way to stop this because they've already had two goal line stands. Pesci now. Seeing another man in motion this time. Going to hand it off down the middle to his trusty number 12. That's Ryan Kane, but he is swallowed up. He tried to power forward for a couple yards, but really couldn't go anywhere. They're going to call it a gain of about one there, I guess. So that'll make it second down and eight or nine for the Patriots on the 12-yard line. Now approaching seven minutes left to go in the third quarter. And Gabe, I want to ask here, you, what do you think the Islanders need to do here? Is it just full-on send the blitz, or do you think they kind of need to drop back because this is where Freddie Weisbrot has been the most effective? I mean, I think going aggressive here doesn't look like Weisbrot is on the field now. There are two receivers to... Pesci's left. I would say it looks like the Islanders are going to bring it, but they are. Number 24 for the Patriots is going to take a toss to the outside. Gets by one man, but Ryan Dallas is there to save the day before Scott Heiminger could get into the end zone. So that makes it third down and four yards on the Islanders' eight-yard line. So we've seen it time and time again this game, Scott, where the the Patriots get close. It's, it's worked one time. They got into the end zone on a fourth down play, but the other two times they were stopped. If they get stopped here, do you think the Patriots go for it once again? 
I think they do. Their defense has been really effective. They've only gave up really two big hitters. Um, and the Islanders are going to be pinned on their own. Yeah. A sneak here from Pesci. He's going to get enough on a third down and five. Get really close to a first down there. Unorthodox. I think he may have got it. Unorthodox. A, a QB sneak. I believe it's fourth and Oh, yeah. They're going to call it fourth and half a millimeter for what it looks like. Uh, and Pesci's going to stay on the field. I think this is the right yeah, call. This is going to be, I would assume, a run play or another QB sneak. We'll have to see. This is where I think if you're Mercer Allen, you just bring everyone to the line. Don't worry about the rest of the players. Only focus on Brody Peschko. I'm expecting the QB sneak. You can sneak hear the game. fans getting loud here as Pesci's got uh, Nathan Denaert to his right. And it's going to be another QB sneak up the middle. And they're going to, the Liberty Patriots are saying it's going to be a touchdown. They're putting their hands in. Let's see how close they're going to get. The, the referee is still deciding. And they're going to say... They're still discussing, and it's going to be a first down. Yeah, first down from the one-yard line. So the Islanders keep them out of the end zone, but the Patriots can, can smell the end zone from where they are right now, uh, just at the one-inch line. You can see it looks, from our, from it, where it we're sitting, like, it looks like it's in the end zone right now. You, they can are, fall, you can fall forward and you're in. If the Islanders can get a goal line stop here. Will we see a third straight run here from Pesci? Yes, we will. A handoff, and it looks like there might have been a, a fumble right on the handoff. Oh, but they're going to call it a touchdown. So Pesci might have gotten the ball back up and rushed forward for a touchdown there. And that makes it 13-6. to Liberty takes the lead. So it seemed like only a matter of time with the amount of quarterback keepers we had from number 32. If, if, you wanna, if you're not listening on the radio right now and you want to know what Pesci looks like, if he's good enough to be a runner, just, just think about his number right now. He's a quarterback number 32. So you can expect him to be a, a run-first type of guy. And we saw it there. Three straight quarterback runs eventually gets in the end zone. And now Perez here on a kick the extra point to make it an eight-point game. And it's good. So that makes it 14-6 to six with five minutes and four seconds left to go here in this third quarter. Islanders still within one possession, Scott. This is this is going to be interesting. I mean, you would expect them to kind of go for two anyway, with uh, with the rain and the wind and how tough the kicking conditions are. But now they're kind of forced to. Do you think the Islanders right now are? I I'm curious what you think because at eight points, really, it is one possession, but it feels like you a lot bigger than just seven points. You know, because an extra point, especially in high school, not that far out. It seems like pretty much automatic. But when you have to get that extra two point conversion, what do you think that's doing to this Islanders offense? Yeah. I'd I hate to say this in the third quarter, but I feel like this is a must-score drive with how efficient Liberty's offense has been. The Islanders need to get in the end zone. It doesn't even matter if they don't get the two-point conversion or not. They need to get the momentum back. And I think that's going to come through Eli Fahey making those key plays down the stretch. Um, and going back to your point, I want to know what you think. If they do get in the end zone, do you go for the two or do you kick it and say, I have trust in our defense? I, you have to go for two to try to try to tie it up, even if you don't get it, you're only, only down two. As Jack Derner now here to take the kick. He's going to get across the 20-yard line, get pushed up, and taken down at the 31. So and that's the Eli, Islanders' best field position today. Yeah, Eli he trots back onto the field with the rest of his group. And Scott, four minutes, 56 seconds left to go in the third quarter on their own 31-yard line. You say it's a must-score. I'm not going to totally agree with that. I think that there's still a lot of game left, of course, and both of these... We know what the Islanders' defense can do. They've already forced a turnover this game thus far, I think. Just trying to stay grounded, make sure that you win the field position battle. It's only a matter of time before we see another one of those deep shots connect as Fahey now in the shotgun. 
faking a handoff to Jackra, rolling out left. He's going to try to find someone deep instead, escaping back out to the right, rolling out back left. Now there's three guys chasing him. He's going to have to fling it out wide, and it's oh, almost intercepted there. The only player within 20 yards uh, of Griffin Core was his own teammate, so he almost had an interception there, tried to go over the shoulder to pick it off, but it falls incomplete. Lucky for Eli Fahey. You know, we said, we talked to Eli, and could there week, be a rough in the passer? There is a flag. Are they going to say an intentional grounding maybe too? Yeah, it looks like that's going to be, the, yeah, the, the Islands are moving backwards. It's going to be an intentional grounding against MI. And Scott, we discussed with Eli this week. He said, you know, with how well the offensive line played last game against Newport, before he would run out of the pocket no matter what happened. But this year he's trying to stay in the pocket more often. That time we saw him uh, as an improviser escaping, going back and forth, back and forth. Finally decided to just fling it up, uh, and it results in, a, in an intentional grounding. In a way they're lucky, though, because that really easily could have been a pick six. But it's going to be second down and... They might have to run a marathon to get even across this first down marker. It's second down and 31 from the Islanders' own 10-yard line. Fahey taking the snap. He's going to try to sling it deep downfield. A flag is thrown. He's going to be holding on the play. Fahey's just going to try to throw it, and it's going to be almost caught by Jack Turner. I'm not sure it's really going to matter as Fahey is on the ground in his own end zone. And if we holding uh, near the goal line, I mean, do you accept it or do you decline it and make it third and 31? (laughs) you know, I would assume that they would accept this penalty, push them even further back. And Scott, you know, I'm all for the Islanders trying to maximize each possession, but let's just see how far back they can go. Why not make it <laughs> second and 99 uh, for this I, Islanders offense on this drive? I believe they declined it to make it third and 31. All right, which... so that's a, you're right. Yeah, that might be a smart play for Liberty. You would assume them. Uh, you would assume with even with these weapons for MI to not get 31 yards on one play as long as the Liberty Patriots play back enough. But we've seen it before, Scott. We've seen big plays. Uh, even though Luke Shavey's not in the field, they've got weapons out here in Fahey. Wipes his hands off this on this wet night and takes the snap, dropping back to pass. He's got a seven-step drop now, trying to fling it deep downfield. Does he have a man? It gets tipped up in the air. Great defensive play there. It was right around the first down marker intended for Gilchrist. He's looking for a pass interference on the defense and going to get one, and that brings up fourth down and we might need to use scientific notation here nope fourth and 31 for mercer islands and they're just going to bring out their punting unit did you just say we need to bring out scientific notation on the football field game maybe i did <laughs> but told drayton now two of his uh family members are sitting right in front of us here and uh, he's, he's getting back ready for the punt in his own end zone. We'll see Been if he busy can, back there. Yeah, we'll see if he can try to kick it deep. Number 24, Scott Heimerger is back to receive. Here goes Cole Drain taking a, a good snap. And this, this kick looks pretty good. It's going to bounce at the 40-yard line. Get a great MI hop. Well done there by Drain. He's standing back there admiring his work of art as it rolls to the 43-yard line. Amazing kick. And Scott... He's had his woes in the past this game, but that really was one of the, honestly, bigger plays for the Islanders this entire game to make sure that you switch field position I mean, and start a Liberty. 55-yard punt, that will definitely do it. Now the Islanders really need a stop here with four minutes and 28 seconds remaining in the third quarter. Mercer Island, they've got a great secondary out here. They've, they've done a pretty good jo- job so far defending everyone but Fre- Frederick uh, 
Weisbrot has had a, a spectacular night for this Patriots offense as Pesci takes the snap and hands it off to number 12 for Liberty. He's going to sweep it out to the right-hand side, get across midfield. Ryan Kane there getting to the 49-yard line of Mercer Island there. So that will bring up a second down and two. Gabe, I think that's really been the moral of the story for this game. Who can get to the outside first? Is it the running backs or the linebackers for Mercer Island? The running backs in the second half have really got the best of the Mercer Island linebackers. Um, but, I mean, we've seen all these linebackers make plays in the past, and I'm, I'm expecting a big one here. So, Pesci, he's got three receivers out wide. This is a a unique situation we have here, and one of them goes in motion now. It's going to be a uh, handoff to the outside to number six for Liberty. He's going to take it across. Only two men to beat. One of them is Will Kendrick, the senior, but a great open field tackle there from Kendrick, and uh, he blows up the run there. Only a gain of, uh, well, oh, I wanted to say only a gain of a few yards, but it was second down and two, so it's going to be enough for a first down barely there for the Patriots, and now they have it on the 46-yard line, winding down under four minutes left to go in the third quarter. Gabe, I have to ask you, if Liberty can continue going at this kind of slow pace, they're really using the full clock, um, do you think this is kind of a must-stop drive? I mean, there's still a lot of time left in the game, of course. It's really up in the air for who can take hold of it as they're going to they're going to do a, a sweep outside once again to Isaiah Valich, the the junior running back as he gets across the 40-yard line, stopped right there, bring de, bring up, it brings up a second down and five yards. Oh, they'll make it a second and four, actually. So a gain of six there. And Pesci this time in the shotgun with... I, I think they keep it on the ground, though. It's been very successful for them. Yeah, Heminger just to his left. Will he get the snap here? No, it's going to be a pass to the outside. He's going to try to look down the middle. Oh, and Ryan Dallas just had it in his hands, but it falls to the ground there. A flag is thrown on the play. They might call pass interference here as a Liberty Patriot wide receiver is down on the ground. An errant throw there by Pesci. He was, he was only looking at Freddie Wise, but what we've seen this whole game... And the Islanders almost got the best of him. And it looks like Wisebrod is the one down here. We've lauded Wisebrod for an incredible night thus far. Obviously, the one of the touchdowns for the Patriots, besides that Pesci down the middle, was an incredible 30-yard pass reception. And he's obviously got a bright future ahead. He and his QB are both juniors, so they are establishing a great connection just like a lot of these players on the Islanders' side with junior QB Eli Fahey. And we want to give an update. Luke Shavey is back on the sideline, but he is on crutches, so we're not going to see him for the rest of the night, and we hope he can be better by next weekend. So we are going to take a quick break here on 88.9 The Bridge as the referees get some stuff sorted out, so make sure you don't go anywhere, and it's currently 14-6 to Liberty leading. Hey, I'm Sophie from Culture Cluster with Ella and Sophie, Thursdays at 8. And I just came here to tell you guys... Yeah, I'd like to say, hello, world. Brittany? Brittany Spears? What are you What are you doing here? Your episode is last week. Whoa, Brittany, no need to get political. This is a family-friendly show. Culture Cluster with Ella and Sophie, Thursdays at 8.
Now back to the action. Islanders football only on 88.9 The Bridge. Hello, everyone. Welcome back into 88.9 The Bridge. Liberty Patriots currently on top of the Mercer Island Islanders, 14-6. Two minutes and 50 seconds left to go in this third quarter. And a run-toss play out wide like we've seen so much for this Liberty Patriots is taken down there for only a gain of about one yard there. So great defensive play by, it looks like, Cole Drayton and some of his fellow MI defenders there making the stop. Yeah, great contain by Cole and wrapping him up in the open field. Tashi taking the snap, and it's going to be a pass. Little toss play out wide to number seven, Isaiah Valich, and he's taken down immediately there, a loss of one. It'll go back to their original line of scrimmage, make it third down and ten as this clock in the third quarter winds to two minutes. Yeah, and a huge open field tackle by Will Kendricks one of the difference makers on this MI team. And I like what the Islanders did kind of coming out of that injury timeout. They've now set the QB contain twice, and they've really been able to get the best of them. So this MI secondary is uh, is alive and well. We've got a lot of players out here. Only three down linemen this time as Pesci starts in the shotgun here. Running back to his right. He's going to take the snap, look to throw this time. He's going to go for Wise brought in the end zone. It's going to be intercepted there. Intercepted in the end zone by Chase Shavy. A great play there from the safety. Scott, I think Pesci just said, may the best man win once again. And this time, Chase Shavy, like he's shown so far this season, he got his first start last game. He was spectacular. Now again here, making a huge play. The second pick for the Islanders so far. Yeah, we saw the double team come there, and I think that was the best way to play that. I think we both knew Gabe right before the snap. Whenever it's third down, it's going right to Wisebrook. Make it first down and 10 from the 20 for Mercer Island, 14 to 6. Once again, if you're just joining us here on 88.9, the bridge, Eli Fahey in their maroon home uniforms, getting ready to take the snap on a cold MI night. Saturday here for some high school football as Faye takes the snap, handing it off down the middle to Truman Curry. Getting over left of the center and getting brought down for a gain of two yards there. So a few seconds taken off there, but only a gain of about two yards for the Islanders. And Eli Fahey going to talk to uh, Coach McKenna, the offensive coordinator, who's also the athletic director. We know him well. Great person, great leader of this Mercerana Athletics and the Islanders have a really strong coaching staff. Yeah, they've got a lot of veteran coaches that I think most of these players respect a lot. And we're seeing it on the field here. The Islanders really have improved. They fell to the Liberty Patriots 21-0 last time. This one, they're right in the thick of things down 14-6 to now as this third quarter is nearing a close. And another run to Truman Curry, who, Scott, I've already said this before, but Truman Curry has been the featured back for the Islanders this game less of a uh, a mix than we usually see. He's earned that spot. He's been very good so far, very shifty back, and number seven has been making a, a statement thus far. Yeah, I think he's going to retain that job with... How I've kind of, We've seen kind of his burst. We saw in that 15-yard run earlier in the game. Now Blitz coming for Liberty, rushing five. Another uh, run is to Truman Curry, and he puts a hand on offensive lineman, gets by a couple guys, and in, it's taking five defenders to drag him down, and he gets enough on that third and two play for a first down. So... The clock is stopped with 11.3 to go in this third quarter. 
and the Islanders have it on their own. 32, they're going to call it 33-yard line of Mercer Island, first and 10. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of why Truman has been the featured back. Is, I mean, we saw five guys try to bring him down there. All right, so with that, that takes us to the end of the third quarter here. You better not go anywhere. Call your family. Say, listen to 88.9 The Bridge. You've got an exciting fourth quarter of action here. Liberty Patriots up on your Islanders 14-6. Don't go anywhere here on 88.9 The Bridge. I literally won. What are you even talking about? I won fair and square. No, I did. No, you most certainly did not. Yes, I did when you asked me what the eighth planet was, and I said Neptune, which is correct. No, you literally said it was Jupiter. I won when you asked me how many hearts an octopus had, and I said three. So, haha, I won. You said they had five. To find out who really won, tune into our show. By golly, it's Sadie and Molly. Thursday nights at five. Or find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You're listening to 88.9 The Bridge. Hey everyone, I'm Sophie. I'm Ava. I'm Lauren. And I'm Grace. And we all have a show called Rice and Shine. On this show, we discuss anything from relevant issues to our love for music from our perspective as Asian American teens living in the Pacific Northwest. Whether it be music, mental health, or school, we talk about topics that can entertain, educate, and comfort you. Listen in on our conversations on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, at Rice and Shine. Follow us on Instagram at Rice and Shine Podcast for daily posts and stories. Make sure to tune in at 9 a.m. every Sunday on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. You're listening to Islanders Football, only on 88.9 The Bridge. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome back into... 88-9, the bridge. I'm Gabe Godsman alongside Scott Pirak. It is the fourth quarter between the Mercer Island Islanders and the Liberty Patriots. Mercer Island currently has its second and 10 from their own 33-yard line, trying to tie this game up in the fourth quarter. Eli Fahey, the junior quarterback, taking the snap, handing it off down the middle to Nathan, or excuse me, not to Nathan, you can to Jack Rowe, a fellow junior, and he's going to get swallowed up for no gain there. A reminder that you can watch a live stream of this matchup just go to mifootball.org and also if you're wanting to receive some updates throughout the game throughout this fourth quarter you can go to the mihs islander the newspaper for mihs their twitter account is live tweeting with highlights so you can go to either of those websites or both of them and uh, listen along here on 88.9 the bridge we're excited to bring you this fourth quarter say he now or go ahead i think they got a pass here the run has been virtually stopped Eli Fahey in the shotgun, taking the snap, rolling out right on a design rollout. He's going to try to find someone open. He's got number 51 chasing him down, and it's almost caught there by Samuel Gilchrist on the corner. He tried to have a little bit of a toe tap there, but brings up fourth down and nine, and should we see Cole Drayton coming back out? I think we will. So a punt for Mercer Island on their opening possession of the fourth quarter. No time for panicking, though. We've seen what this defense can do, forcing turnovers. They got that interception last possession by Chase Shavey, and now Cole Drayton off to punt it away to to uh, Brody Pesci, the junior quarterback who's looking for some redemption after last drive. Drayton taking a, a great snap there, twisting the ball, kicking it downfield. It's a high kick. Goes in the air at the 40-yard line and rolls out of bounds at the 45 of... Of Liberty, so that will be a uh, a first down and ten after a 
about 30 yard, 30 or so punt from Cole Drayton there. And now he waddles up the field, getting ready to go back to outside linebacker. He's all over the place for this Mercer Island Ball Club. And if the Islanders want to win this game, it's going to have to come to the defense. This defense has kind of been the driving force so far this game, only giving up 14 points to an offense that scored 29 points last game. Look for the Islanders' defense to come up big. Derek Osman goes off the field as Pesci now fakes a handoff and takes it himself, and he's going to be carrying a few men with him and get a gain of about seven yards there. So Derek Osman, interesting play there, Scott. He checked off, leaving only ninth grader, freshman Griffin King there, the defensive tackle uh, to clog up the middle, but it was a run to the outside. Maybe they're a little bit afraid of Griffin there, and uh, Pesci ends up getting a gain of, of seven yards. I, I, yeah, I think it's also that Derek Osmond is also the offensive tackle. Got to give him a break at some point. Yeah, absolutely. But Griffin King, another good player. Now Pesci on a little bit of a sweep to Thorinson and a great defensive play there. Number oh. 84, Mason Truck. Yeah, Mason Truck, we saw him last week play fullback a little bit, and he was a star blocking, and now on the defensive side of the field, he's been... He's been in a lot of tackles so far tonight, so with 9 minutes and 18 seconds left to go in this ball game, 14-6, Liberty leading it now at the 48-yard line of MI. Biggest play of the game so far here, Gabe. Third and three, 40. If they can get the first down, then they can even waste more clock. Pesci keeping it by himself on third down and three. And we've seen a couple times does the QB sneak and gets across for the first down marker. Scott, there's been... Usually when you're in the NFL, you see on third and inches, quarterbacks do a QB sneak and, and possibly get the first down. This time, Pesci just trudging forward, and no one's been able to stop him. Even on plays like third and fourth and five, he's going to get enough on the QB sneak. Well, I think half of it is that these players say, play so many positions. Pesco is the quarterback, is also the cornerback for this team. I think that's kind of half of it is that they know how unique of a talent he is. Pesci. Receiver to either side, running back to either side of him, and what a great tackle there, Ryan Dallas. He gets up, he celebrates a little bit as the sweep was to Jackson Thornson, went left of the left tackle there, but Ryan Dallas was there, and he said, hello, how are you? I'm going to take you out here for a loss of five. Yeah, that game, you've, had a, you've had a bunch of interesting sayings. I like it. Changing it up. Yeah, I mean, trying to bring a little bit of fun here. It's, it's exciting. You know, everyone's got to be excited. The first home game for Mercer Island. And like I said in the intro, 519 days. You can tell the, the fans in attendance. It's cold, but you got to be excited for Mercer Island football, especially on a Saturday night. What a great treat. Pesci under center this time. He's got two running backs behind him. And there's going to be a whistle on the play on the second and 15. And it's going to be a timeout for Liberty. And with that, we'll take a quick break here on 88.9 The Bridge. Come back for more fourth quarter action between Mercer Island and Liberty. This is Pete Jones from Tiger Moth Tales. Tune in to Pat's Picks. The Progressive Hour, Sunday nights at 9 on KMIH-FM 88.9, The Bridge. Was that all right, Pat?
Are you ready? This is Islander Football. Hello, everyone. Welcome back into 88.9 The Bridge. Seven minutes and 47 seconds left to go in this Kinko matchup between the Liberty Patriots and Mercer Island Islanders. Liberty, second and 15 on the opposing 49-yard line. They're up 14-6. to six as Quarterback Pesci is going to be rushed quickly and taken down by the Islanders. Number 71 there. And number one. Griffin King and Cole Drayton teaming up to take down Pesci. So brings up a third down and country mile as they've got on their own 45-yard line. They need to get all the way to the 34 of Mercer Island. Gabe, and I think this is going to be the play where Brody Peskold doesn't even look at anyone else but number 84, Freddie Weisbrod. He has been the difference maker in this game. Pesci under center. He's got a running back behind him. He's checking the playbook. He's got one of those quarterback little kits there, and Pesci's going to roll out to his right and try to do a quarterback run, but he stopped immediately there. Number 50, Will Kendrick, was the first one there on the stop, so brings up fourth down and 21 yards for Liberty, and they're going to bring out their punter, Leonardo Perez, and the Islanders will get it back with six minutes and 47 40 seconds left to go in this game. Eli Fahey going to try to orchestrate a game-tying drive. They need eight points. I think they can do it, though. I think this offense has the skill to complete this comeback. Jay Shavey back to receive, possibly filling in for his brother, Luke Shavey, as the punt is going to bounce at the 30-yard line of Marshall Allen and get a great Liberty bounce, and it's going to be stopped at the 22. So Eli Fahey, this offensive line that has once again been incredible thus far. Eli said he has really appreciated the offensive line. Jack Derner, when we said, what was the key to the game? As a wide receiver, he goes, oh, you got to start with the offensive line, of course, because they have been amazing. A lot of upperclassmen, a lot of seniors, besides center Tommy Burke filling out that line. And now Mercer Island with six minutes and 16 seconds left to go. Need to travel 83 yards and get the extra two-point conversion to tie this game. Fahey in the shotgun. He's got Samuel Gilchrist down at the bottom. He's going to try to look and throw it to him on a quick little comeback route, and he gets across the 20-yard line for a gain of five there at the 22. The clock is winding down, now approaching six minutes left to go. Yeah, but I, I like that type of offense, so I think getting Liberty loves to play their corners kind of deep. They don't like giving up the deep ball, and the Islanders have already done that twice, once with Johnny Sullivan and once with Luke Shavey. Look for them to utilize those five to seven yard routes and make a living off them. So there was a flag on the play there that's going to go against Mercer Island. So it was a five-yard gain. A legal man downfield makes it first down and 15 now from the Islanders' own 12. That's, there's been some penalties here, Scott, that have really cost the Islanders thus far through the second half. Yeah, the Islanders have really been killing themselves on those penalties. Otherwise, they're, they could, they've had a few drives that have stopped from those. Eli Fehi now passing it back out wide to Jack Derner, and it's going to be incomplete there on the first and 15 pass attempt. Number 13, the kicker, the punter, now the DB there, ready to, uh, to make the, the stop for the Patriots. 
Gabe, second and 15. What do you think they do here? Do you think they go, do you think they try and take a deep shot, go maybe like a 25, 30 yard pass that we've seen Eli can do, or stay more to those five to seven yard routes underneath to Jack Derner and Samuel Gilchrist? Mason Shurak has checked on the field. Jack Derner comes off for him, but we've got Johnny Sullivan, Samuel Gilchrist, and Cole Drayton lined up as receivers. Johnny has a one-on-one. -on -one. For Eli Faye, he's gonna roll out to his right. He's gonna try to look downfield on a corner route to to Cole Drayton, and it's broken up there, almost hauled in there by Drayton, but number 24, one of the many running backs, Scott Heiminger, is there to make the play, bringing it to third and 15 now, five minutes and 51 seconds left to go, Islanders down 14 to six. You know, these Liberty corners have been really good in the man-to-man -man coverage. I think that's the main difference we saw. Newport was struggling a lot with that, and Eli was able to connect on passes like that. In this game, Scott Heimbegger, the perfect example, being able to get right in front of the ball. Derner back on the field now. He's alone to his right, two players in the backfield along with Fahey and now faking a handoff rolling out to his left Fahey looks to find an open man that's Drayden goes out for it with one hand but unable to bring it in and that will make it now fourth down and the punt unit will come on for Mercer Island from their own 12 yard line Scott this is maybe the most important obviously the most important punt for Drayton so far in his career his young punting career but um <laughs> This, this would be huge if, if Drayton gets a, a good punt here. Maybe another stop gives them a shot to, to have a better field position when they try to go for their own game-tying drive. But the Patriots' offense right now, do you, do you expect a lot of run plays here on this, uh, this fourth-quarter possession? I have a, a surprising timeout by Mercer Island. All right, so maybe they're just going to talk things over. So with that, we're going to take a quick break here. Five minutes and 45 seconds left to go. Islanders down by eight. They're ready to punt it away, but hopefully the defense can make a stand and get it back, and we'll have more action here on 88.9 The Bridge. I literally won. What are you even talking about? I won. Fair and square. No, I did. No, you most certainly did not. Yes, I did when you asked me what the eighth planet was, and I said Neptune, which is correct. No, you literally said it was Jupiter. I won when you asked me how many hearts an octopus had. And I said three. So, haha, ha, I won. You said they had five. To find out who really won, tune into our show. By golly, it's Sadie and Molly. Thursday nights at five. Or find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You're listening to 88.9 The Bridge. You're listening to Islanders Football, only on 88.9 The Bridge. Cole Drayton getting back here for the punt. He's going to receive the snap as the Islanders are down by eight against the Liberty Patriots here in this fourth quarter. And it's going to be a great punt there. Number 24, Heiminger tried to, to make the catch, but it just went over his head and got a nice MI hop down and to the 37-yard line. There is a flag. Let's see what the penalty marker is going to be here. If it goes against Liberty, that would back them inside their own 30-yard line. It would be a huge difference maker for Mercer Island as they're trying to complete this comeback down by eight points. The only score for MI has been that Jack Derner touchdown pass. And it looks like that's going to be against Liberty. So there you go. Pushing the Patriots further back. And Pesci is going to have to have a long way to go. And it looks like they're going to start at their own 22, uh, maybe 23. 
But, I mean, that was a complete field-changing punt by Cole Drain, kicking it basically at his end zone line. Now Liberty starting at their own 22. Greatly executed. Scott, last week against the Newport Knights, the Islanders felt pretty comfortable going into the fourth quarter, but this time around you can feel the intensity in the stadium from all the players. It's rising here as the handoff from Pesci goes to a running back there. That was number 24 there, Heiminger, the punt returner on the carry, but he gets taken down for a loss of two yards. Yeah, and Ryan Dallas came in like a wrecking ball, just completely sniffed out that play, Gabe. A great... Uh, a great tackle, yeah, you're right, by, by Ryan uh, Ryan Dallas. He's been an amazing linebacker for a few seasons for this Yeah, this I mean, team. last week he had eight tackles. He's really been one of the – he had eight tackles and forced the safety. He's really been one of the anchors of this defense. And he's usually the first man on the scene for Mercer Allen. You'll see that a lot. A lot of fast linebackers and safeties for this defense led by coordinary, uh, coordinator uh, Shavey. All right, we've got – another run play here a sweep to the outside it's going to be stopped once again by Mercer Island for another loss so Scott this defense is doing everything in their power to give Mercer Island another shot this will bring up a third down and 13 yards and Gabe this is a defining moment of the game third and 12 four minutes and 30 seconds remaining the Islanders need to get the football back Oof, I'm, I'm, getting I'm only watching Freddie Weisbrot here. I think that's where this ball is going to end up going. Look for him to try and get a jump ball against number 25. Nisha Talis is the corner lining deep up on him. But they also brought help. Oh, it looks like there's going to be movement early on the offensive line there for Liberty. And that's going to make it even harder for Pesci to try to get a first down here. It's going to be third down and 17. Now, four minutes and 11 seconds left to go. Islanders need a stop here to get the ball back with a few minutes left for Eli Fahey to try to take a, uh, a game-winning, or I should say game-tying drive. Gabe, this is, I think there's really two things that can happen here. They either just let the quarterback keep it and try and get some yards so they can have a clean punt, or I think they take the deep shot on Freddie Weisbrod, who is now lining up against Garrett Rogan and Chase Shavey is slowly roaming over to Weisbrod's side. Pesci takes the snap now. He's looking directly at number 11 there who makes the catch. That's Derner, and he's going to try to get across the 20-yard line and gets dragged down at the 30-yard line. So, Scott, on that third down and 17, it's going to bring up a fourth and two, and this makes an interesting situation here. Could Liberty try to go for it with three minutes and 30 seconds left to go in the game and possibly just run the clock out? It wouldn't be over because Dallas still have two timeouts. I think timeouts. they will. They've been really successful on the QB sneak um, if they get the first down yeah, here, then that, the Islanders are kind of... They've already burned one timeout. They're forced to use their last two timeouts heading into it. A crucial play coming up. And with that third down play call, just a short pass, you'd expect them to have gone for it maybe either way. Uh, but they did get a lot of chunk yardage there. And looks like the Liberty team is, is going for... Just waiting a little bit of a little bit of a while, letting the intensity build. Well, they're letting here. the clock run down. That's what's happening. Oh, okay. and they're calling a timeout. So they, they, they wisely, Scott. I, I obviously didn't catch on to it. Two minutes fifty-seven seconds left to go. Now Liberty takes the timeout to discuss this important fourth and two. Scott, interesting uh, statistic here. Last time the Islanders played in the jungle was 
against Lake Washington, and they lost 31-28 to in overtime. So could we see back-to-back games for the Islanders at home that goes into overtime? That would be a great story uh, that we hope develops here if the Islanders can get it back and get a fourth-quarter game tying drive to really, I would say, cap off this great start to Eli Faye's career. I would hope so, but they have a tall mountain to climb. Starting off with this fourth and two, they need to get the stop here with two minutes and 57 seconds remaining. Um, Gabe, what's your prediction? I know my prediction is I think, oh, they are bringing out the punch oh. unit. So a relief for the Islanders. But who knows? This is I'm high surprised. school. We could expect a fake. I, I'm surprised that this is a punt because... It's March. Expect the unexpected. Yeah, the Islanders feel feel pretty happy about this one, but Perez is going to kick it off here. He gets a, a nice snap, and it's going to be retrieved by Chase Shavey. What a great catch there. Oh, my gosh. Scott and I, we were both a little bit nervous there for Shavey, but a quick he's, loss got, he's got trusty hands there, and now on their own 34, here comes Eli Fahey. Can he get a defining moment in one of his first two starts? Try to orchestrate a game-tying drive here for Mercer Island. Now two minutes and 52 seconds left to go. Scott, what more could you ask for here? A touchdown. <laughs> yeah, beside the situation right now, you've got the cheerleaders out. You've got the band playing. You've got fans in the stands. And you've got this junior quarterback and his offense trying to tie this game up. Fahey has it in the shotgun. He's got junior Jack Rowe ready to protect him. He's got a lot of time to throw. Now trying to pass off to Johnny Sullivan on a drag route, but it falls incomplete on first and 10. So on this cold Mercer Island night, on KMIH Mercer Island, 88.9 The Bridge. It is uh, nearing 9 p.m., Scott. This, is, uh, this has been an exciting day, of course, for, um, for this Mercer Island fan base because just to have football back feels great, obviously, but this is one of their last, uh, really, even though the, game, the season just started, this is one of their last games of the year, so hopefully they can keep their perfect season going. They started off 1-0, but Fahey takes the shotgun snap, trying to make it 2-0. He's going to look deep down the field. He's looking for Samuel Gilchrist, and he's got to throw a flag there. Yes, thank you very much. Samuel Gilchrist ran a post route. Eli Fahey said he, that's one of his favorite passes to throw, either the go route or the post route, and Samuel Gilchrist there draws the pass interference there at around the 45-yard line. So, Scott, that, that will bring them all the way up. We'll see where referees will mark that. Yeah, and believe it or not, this was actually the Islanders' best field possession. They start at their own 35 this time. So far this game, they've started at their own 15, own 24, own 30, own 25, and own 17. So maybe that's what the Islanders needed. Just get some great starting field position, draw the flag, and now the Islanders are at, their, at the 50-yard line ready to make a move. Two minutes and 41 seconds now to go. First and 10 from midfield. Fahey taking a deep drop back. Winding up, looking deep downfield for Derner again. He had him. Oh, just off the fingertips of Derner there. And he caught that ball. He's still running and he's celebrating in the end zone right now. But that will bring up a second down and 10. Feels like a missed opportunity for the Islanders. But great uh, poise in the pocket for Fahey. He saw his man deep downfield. Delivered a nice pass, but... Just not quite close enough for Jack Denner to, to haul it in. Yeah, I will say, although Fahey was off on the mark at that one, I really do like his confidence. He's been slinging along the field, even though it's a downpour all night long. Um, and that's kind of what Fahey's been known for, is being willing to take those risks. Fahey's got Curry to his right. Drops back to pass, passing it. 
to Samuel Gilchrist, and he bobbles a little bit, and it falls incomplete on the slant route. That would have been enough for a first down, and he had actually a chance to run even more. So now, third down and 10. Two minutes, 32 seconds left to go for the Islanders. Looks like number seven, Truman Curry, is checking out, and Jack Rowe has got maybe more of a blocking running back. He's the power back for them. He could provide some protection for Fahey as he lines up in the shotgun. Jack Rowe right there to his left. I'm expecting this to go to Johnny Sullivan. Gabe, who's your bet? I'm looking for Jack Derner. He's always the deep man for Faye. I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to take a deep shot here. Now, Faye taking a, sh taking a step back. Now, going forward, he's got a couple men surrounding him. He gets taken down for a sack. That's number 84, Freddie Weisbrod. Freddie Weisbrod. He's been a monster all night long on both sides of the ball. When Liberty needs a play, that's who they go to on on offense and defense, and now 4th and 14 with 2 minutes left to go in this ballgame. It feels like this is the perfect season on the line for Mercer Island from their own 47-yard line. Fahey now lining up. They're going to try to go quick here as the clock is winding under 2 minutes. Derner and Gilchrist, the wide men for Fahey. He's going to take the snap, bobbles a little bit, but he gathers, looks deep downfield. Does he have a man up? That's Gilchrist again. Diving for it, he catches it! What a great catch there by Samuel Gilchrist. A great throw from Fahey. Looking to his offensive coordinator. Now there's no time to celebrate because there's a minute and 41 seconds left to go. Now it's first and 10 from the 25-yard line. A 28-yard strike. Fahey to Gilchrist. He's filled in well for Luke Shavey there. And what a dot by Eli Fahey. Samuel Gilchrist on the double route. Slides on the catch. One of the best catches we have seen today. Fahey once again in the shotgun. Wouldn't be surprised if they try to uh, keep it through the air here. Yep, he's going to take a shot down. Shotgun passes a low snap there. Fahey now getting pressured. A man on him. Now three guys on him as they're going to take him down for a sack. And a flag is thrown. It looks like number 17 for Liberty there. Got a little bit too excited that he had the quarterback on the ground, Michael Wong, and that's going to... Add a little extra oomph to it. Yeah, he, he had Eli Fahey in his grasp along with three other guys for five seconds, and then he decided, you know what? Let me see if I can push him to the ground a little bit, and the referee says, no can do. Now a huge break for Mercer Allen with a minute and nine seconds left to go after trying to complete this comeback here. Yeah, that's almost a change of around maybe 20 yards. It looked like he was going to be sacked at about the Islanders 40, but the flag comes down. We're waiting to see where the referees, they're discussing on the field, trying to decide where to place the ball. Because really, Eli was basically down, Gabe. I mean, if he found a way to recover from that, unless he turned into Deshaun Watson's play against the Colts, I believe who it was. And or Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Raiders last year. You know what? Eli's looking for his first comeback, comeback game-winning win. or tying drive in the fourth quarter. And there you go. First down from first round. The referees, after some discussion, It looks clarify. like it's going to be placed around the 15-yard line. If you're just joining us here on 88.9 The Bridge, let me set the picture up for you because we've got an incredible game from the jungle. It's a minute and nine seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. Islanders down 14-6, to six, but after a, a deep pass to Samuel Gilchrist on fourth down and 14, and now a roughing the passer penalty against Liberty, Mercer Allen is in striking distance. Truman Curry to the left of Fahey. He's going to take the shotgun snap, dropping back, looking to pass, going for the 
end zone, near the end zone. It's caught by Gilchrist. He's going to try to lean forward. Does he get to the goal line? Yes, Touchdown he does. Oh, my. Mercer Island is in. And they're a two-point conversion away from tying this football game at 14. Oh, Scott, we've got a QB on our hands for the next two years, don't we? Yes, we do. And not even maybe two years. We could see him going farther than that at this place. He could be playing at a college level because that was a college level throw. A beautiful outright by Samuel Gilchrist. And Eli could have not thrown it any better. Great play by Gilchrist here. Now, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Mershon got themselves in this position. A minute and two seconds left to go. A two-point conversion, 14-12. to 12. We'll tie the game up here. Bringing the blitz. It's Liberty now pass out wide to Cole Drayton. He's going to finish it! Cole Drayton is in for the two-point conversion. Do you believe it, Islanders? A great play. Fake the run to Jack Rowe and let Cole Drayton, who was player of the game last week, go to work. Whoa! That is how you play Islanders football there, and the fans are getting pumped up on the sideline. It looks like the, the, the there referees are getting together. There is a flag together. down. We're waiting to see what it is. It we looks like it was after the gonna play. I believe it's going to be after the play, though. Boy, if that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what does. I mean, that was just an awesome sequence of events for Mercer Island. A couple fortunate breaks for Mercer Island with that 4th and 14 connection. With the face mask, or excuse me, the roughing the passer penalty, and then a touchdown pass to Samuel Gilchrist, and then the two-point conversion. A little tight end screen to Cole Drayton ties this game at 14 apiece and Scott we're a minute away from the second straight overtime game in the jungle even though it's 519 days apart wow so the penalty looks like it's going to be against going to be against Liberty, Liberty. so now the Islanders instead of kicking off at the 25 Samir Lumba is going to be kicking it off at his own 40 and try and pin Liberty inside their own 20 but talk about a comeback, Gabe. You and I were both watching this, and we really didn't know if there was going to be a chance for the Islanders with how efficient the Patriots' offense is. So I want to go back to one play with you, Gabe. It was fourth and two at the Patriots' own 30. They decided to punt it. Going back on that play, that might be the difference, because I'll tell you, Brady Brody has been unstoppable in the run. He's been really good on, on that QB, QB sneak. sneak. Yeah. I think I, if I was a Liberty coach, I would have gone for it on that. Obviously, time only time will tell who can pull out and win this game of two powerhouses. Yeah, you have to respect Derek Osmond and Griffin King in the middle, though. That uh, that would have been an exciting play, of course. But, I mean, we'll take the punt. We'll take Eli Faye leading this Mercer Island offense down the field, tying the game up at 14 apiece. A minute and oh, two wow, seconds look at left this. to go. It's now getting kicked off at Liberty's. Oh, okay. 45-yard line. hear me out here. They're on the 45-yard line. Kick. <laughs> an onside kick from Samir Lumba. They could get the ball back. I, I don't think you do it just because of safety. I think you just play for overtime at this point. And they do have oh, two timeouts. They have two timeouts. They could get the ball back if Liberty tries to go for a couple passes. Now Lumba getting ready for the kick. It's going to be a little script kick down the middle. And it's going to go into the back of the end zone, rolling out there. So that will be a touchback for Liberty. You know, Lumba... Maybe if he got a better hop, could have bounced backwards and forced Liberty to pick it up. But now Liberty will have it on their own 20-yard line. Yeah, but I mean, still, a great comeback by the Islanders. Getting marched down by Eli Fahey. First throwing a magnificent pass to Samuel Gilchrist. 
for the 15-yard strike. And then to Cole Drayton on the two-point conversion, kind of bulldozing his way into the end zone. Couldn't ask for a better ending to the first home opener. In well, not the ending quite yet, Scott. Well, not the end yet. As Pesci's going to pass it out, do a little handoff out wide to number seven there. That's Isaiah Vallad, the, uh, the sweeper, as he's called on this roster. And he's going to get a gain of about one yard there. The clock is winding down to 58 seconds, now 57. And um, it looks like maybe both teams are just going to play for overtime here. We'll see. Well, I think they may also want to save their timeout for now because with Freddie Weisbrot on the field, you never know what's going to happen. That's very true. Weisbrot is on the field. He's going to play a tight end role here. Believe it or not, that's his designated role. Yeah, Pesci here under center. Sends another man in motion. This time just going to hand it off down the middle to number 12 here on the handoff. And he's going to get forward to the 30-yard line with 29 seconds left to go in this game. Tied at 14 apiece between the Islanders and the Patriots. Last year, Liberty cruised to a 21-0 victory, but this Islanders offense And it is may look different. like we're going to overtime. There's 22 seconds left in counting, and Liberty does, looks like they may get one more snap-off at most. Yeah, they're, they're taking their time here. I think, I think they're just going to hook this up to yeah, Wise Fraud and say, show us why... The commentators called you Megatron. Yep, Pesci now rolling out to his right on this play. He's going to try to find a deep man, but instead he's taken down by Derek Osmond. So with three seconds left to go, I think it was maybe a gain of one yard there for Pesci. He was rolling out and just kind of leaned forward as Osmond was ready to take him down. So three seconds left to go on the clock. Liberty Patriots have it on their, on their own 31-yard line. I don't want to jinx anything, but I would assume we're going to overtime between these two squads. What do you think Liberty does here? Just take the kneel, or do they? I mean, no quarterback in high school can throw at 70 yards. They're at their own 30, basically. So maybe even a screen pass. Yeah, it looks, looks like, like they're going to take the QB kneel. Yeah, Pesci here, number 32. The junior quarterback is just going to say, let, let me and my, my fellow junior on the other side, Eli Fahey, go to work in overtime. And Scott, the clock strikes zero. But we're not done here from the jungle. The Islanders versus the Patriots going to overtime. And Scott, we're not going to take a break here. It's too intense. The, the momentum is just, oh, I just, I'm feeling amazing right now. Of course, just as an Islanders fan, you have to feel like all the momentum is on your side. Yeah, and Gabe, I, I have some questions for you going into this. You asked me at the beginning of the game, well, my keys to the game were, I'll go over the two that I think are still most relevant to this part. It's getting that push at the offensive line. We saw that at the end. Eli Faye, he had a lot of time. And using Ryan Dallas to your advantage. He's the heart and soul of this defense. Now I want to pass it back to you, Gabe. What are your keys heading into overtime? Well, I mean, I think Eli Fahey, just letting him open it up, it's the college rules for overtime, not the NFL rules uh, for for this, this game. So that means, like we saw last year versus Lake Washington, it's going to be each team getting a possession, pretty much like a, a penalty shootout in soccer. Whoever gets the ball first can try to get some points. If they get seven, then the other team will have to respond by getting seven or else the game's over. And if the first team doesn't score, then all the other team needs is a field goal. Any points on the board would give them the win. So, Scott, last year, I'll remind you again, Lake Washington, it wasn't ended in the first possession. It went a couple of drives for each team, but a lasting at field goal for the Not Kangaroos. Yep, from the Kangaroos, gave them a 31-28 to win. But can Eli rewrite the script? That is the question we are all asking ourselves currently. Last year we saw Rogan and Dipple, Kurt, unfortunately couldn't do it. 
But I think Fahey's got this. I'm, he's looked really efficient. Two straight games of over 200 passing yards. I mean, he has been the QB that the Islanders have really been looking for. And it showed on that last drive. Marching down the field with a minute 30 left. Had the pass interference that Samuel Gilchrist drawed. And then from there, two straight beautiful passes to Samuel Gilchrist. And then Cole Drayton going in for the two-point conversion to bring us to where we are now, Gabe. Scott, who is your player of the regulation game thus far? Because we've still got overtime to play. There's uh, going to be a many, many new stars. Maybe some old faces returning in this overtime period. But who do you think has been the player of the game thus far? You know, for I Mr. think the QB is always the one that stands out the most. But I'm going to give this to Cole Drayton. He has had a magnificent game. And I think he capped it off with that two-point conversion. Um, and on the defensive side, he has an interception. He's had two tackles for losses, five tackles total. He's really been a driving force this game. Listen, I'm going to go with either Jack Derner or Samuel Gilchrist, both uh, wide receivers for this Mercer Island team. Gilchrist, of course, without him, they would be nowhere on this uh, on this last possession. He had a fourth and 14 catch. He had a touchdown catch on the next play. So uh, he's been a huge factor. And then Jack Derner with that touchdown uh, at the beginning of the game. Of course, they would be nowhere without him either. As Now, Will Kendrick. And Gabe, I want to say my favorite saying, we have ourselves a rumble in the jungle yeah. tonight. It's been fantastic, and it's only going to get better from here as now. Will Kendrick walking out. He's got three Liberty Patriots standing on that four, standing on the other side of him, but he conducts himself. Well, he doesn't need any other captain. Scott, Will Kendrick is the lone guy out there from Mercer Island on this coin toss. Let's see. Uh, whoever gets the ball, f whoever wins this coin toss will most likely decide that the other team gets the ball first. Statistically, that is the better option. Uh, just see what the other team has to offer. If they, you know, it looks like Liberty will be going at it first. Okay, yeah, so, so smart play. Mercer Island won the coin toss, elected to defer. So Liberty is going to be starting on offense, and the Islanders' defense, which says stood tall this whole game led by a strong core of seniors and linebackers are going to show why they may be the most dominant group in Kinko right now. Islanders 1-0, Patriots 1-0. They're battling to see who can stay undefeated in this short four-game season. And Scott, you would think the Islanders already knocked off Newport last week. They would play them in the final game. So if they can get across this finish line here uh, on a Saturday night, then they, they would be really one maybe one or two games away from going undefeated and achieving their goals from this season. Yeah, and I mean, just to go back to it, Liberty is 34th in the state for 3A teams. Mercer Island is 49th. You can see the big difference there. If they can pull this off, it's going to be a great upset. All right, Mr. Pesci, what do you have for us here for the Liberty Patriots? He is now standing under center. He's got two running backs behind him. Sending a man in motion. That's number seven. It's going to be a handoff down the middle to number 12 there. He's going to get stopped immediately there. No gain for Ryan Kane, number 12, the senior running back. And, oh, and, every and on play the stop feels was Number 55, Derek Osmond, and number 52, Sean Ronaldson. We've now got... A second down and ninth. So it's going to be a gain of one yard. No time on the clock, of course, because we are in overtime here. If you're just joining us on 88.9, the bridge. We've got a amazing, exciting, fascinating, confusing, scary, stressful game uh, here in the jungle. 
currently tied at 14 apiece in this overtime period. Liberty has it first on second and nine. They're going to do a little jet sweep pass to the outside. He's going to try to get across the first man. He's got more across the first down marker to about the 14-yard line of Mercer Island. So they start on the 25, and uh, number six there, Thorinson, uh, was was the, the ball carrier, and he gets taken down by Chase Shavey, but he got a first down there, so they get first and 10 on the 15. And Scott, do you think the Islanders right now, if you, if you said, if Liberty's just got a field goal here. Do you think the Islanders would have a, a more likely chance to win? Do you think they have a better chance of getting a touchdown than they do getting stopped? I think they do, but Liberty's offense, they haven't really shown that they wanted to kick the ball. Keep in mind, the yeah. first two possessions, they were inside the Islanders 15 on fourth and really greater than three both times. And they went for and they got, they got turned away both times, throwing a fade route to number 84, Freddie Weisbrod. So I would not be surprised if we see them go big or go home tonight. So Heiminger down the middle, the ball carrier only getting four yards there. So make it second down and six from the 12-yard line as the rain continues to pour. You can see it under the lights. This Liberty Patriots offense in their white jerseys going to the south end zone. Two backs in the backfield. I'm expecting a sweep. Okay, now we've got number six going in motion. Thorinson is now to run out wide to number 24 for Liberty, and he gets taken down for a gain of about three yards there so make it third down and three yeah and a great tackle by the islanders really making sure they can still give themselves a chance now third and three one of the most crucial plays of this game it feels like scott every single play is the most crucial play as we're getting into this overtime period third and three from the 13 yard line the crowd is getting into it you can hear the decibel levels i would rising. not be surprised to see a qb sneak Pesci now understanding it is a QB sneak. He's going to barrel forward, get enough for the first down, and get all the way down near the goal line. Down at the two is where, Scott, got to give you credit, of course. You've had back-to-back -back correct plays. You said a sweep on the last play and a QB sneak here. Uh, I, would not, I think they very well could just QB sneak their way into the end zone. Scott, I'm impressed with your calls, but that's not the forefront of my mind right now. I can't lie to you. I am just, you got to feel the excitement right now in the stadium, of course, but... Let's see. What do you think here? Three for three. I'm going with QB sneak. All right. Pesci, once again, under center. He's leaning forward. There's another QB sneak. He's going to try to get to the end zone. There's a lot of men in there. The Liberty Patriots are raising their hands for a touchdown signal, and it is a touchdown. So, Scott, there you go. Another QB sneak for Pesci. The, only, the, the thing that pops in my mind first there as the Patriots go up 20-14 to 14 is what if he had done that on that fourth and two near the end of regulation? That would have pretty much sealed the Liberty Patriots' victory, but... Instead, we're here now uh, with an But extra the Islanders point. do have a chance to respond. We yeah. like keep our want to remind that for our listeners. The Islanders will now get an attempt after this extra point to match them. All right, the extra point is up and good from Perez. So that makes it 21 to 14 now, and here go the Islanders trying to respond. Eli Fahey. Can he show some magic once again? And Scott... I'm going to make a prediction. If the Islanders score here, I think there's no way they don't go for two and try to close the really? game on the last play. I think... Do, do you have any reasoning? Or just, it's I mean, March. There's upsets everywhere. It's March. There's it's one mayhem. happening at the jungle. I think that it's just... With all the confidence that Mercer Island has right now, it feels like the luck is just going their way. Maybe some of them uh, just feeling extra special tonight. Feels like Samuel Gilchrist, maybe. Maybe Jack Derner, Johnny Sullivan... 
Uh, he's had some big plays here, but I really think that the Islanders, if they score here, will go for two. They're down 21-14 now. First and 10 on the 25-yard line. Both teams going for the, to this, towards the south end zone. Now in the shotgun. Faye taking the snap, faking the handoff. He's going to look deep. He's got... He's going to go to the end zone. He's got Jack Turner. Jack Turner. touchdown the first play. Oh, my. M-I times three. As Jack Derner strikes again his second TD of the game. That game, it does look like they're bringing on Samir Lumba at the current moment. He has already missed one kick. Keep that in mind. All right, so Cole Drayton now. He's, ooh, let's see here. Two timeouts for Mercer Island. Are they going to? Okay, yeah. Mershon's going to call a timeout, Scott. I like that, though. Give I us some it's... meditation here. They're down 21 to 20. If they go for two here, where do they look, Scott? I think you have to go back to Cole Drayton. I think he's kind of been the driving force there. Oh. I... <laughs> and and it's been, he's been really good down there. I like him or Samuel Gilchrist on the short route because I'll tell you, he has perfected that ziggurat man Eli could you imagine Eli Fahey keeping it himself on this one though okay then we're bringing this down here and you would expect it if Mercedron calls a timeout they're not doing it to ice their own kicker I, I believe that they're going to try to bring bring out the offense we'll see Mason Track. I can see him number 84 his name is in the huddle that could mean they're going to go try to go for a more power power play here really to go for the win At the here. current moment, Samir is on the sideline with his helmet off and Eli Fahey. All right. Here we go, folks. This is what we've all been waiting for. The second two-point conversion Keep in mind, for the, first time, the first time they went for it on fourth and two at the end of the first half, they ran it and did not get in. All right. So here goes Fahey in the shotgun. The Liberty Patriots defense looking down on him. He's two yards away. Oh, and time a timeout. Liberty. Liberty. Wanted to see that Mercer Island offense on the field before they... They let their defense go to work, and oh, Scott, my heart is racing. I can only imagine being a player out there. We're just up in the press box. You know, we're warm. Well, somewhat warm. And we're, uh, we, Scott, right now, what are you thinking right now if you're quarterback Eli Fahey on this play? And no matter what the play call is, just as a leader, what are you trying to tell your teammates? Well, first off, I have to say, regardless of what happens on this play, Eli Fahey has really showed why he won the starting job this year. He has done an excellent job today throwing two touchdowns, or now I guess three touchdowns, I believe. Um, really, really leading this Islanders offense to perfection. But I think this is going to be one of those play actions. He's been really good on rolling out. That's one of that we've, when we talked to him, he's always been good at that. I want to see a play action here. And look for them on the right side. They have Cole Drain and Jack Durnow wide. I would look for one of those two. Fahey in the shotgun like he was before that Liberty timeout. He's got Sullivan and Samuel Grokas down to the bottom of the screen. Two receivers up top as well. And the shotgun now. Truman Curry takes the snap for this two-point conversion. He's going to look to throw. He's got room. He's rolling out to his left. He's going to try to throw for the end zone. And it is. Is it caught? And it's deflected and goes incomplete. And with that... Liberty, their entire bench empties, and they're celebrating. Wow. Shocking fashion for that MI loss. Scott, all the players, they're upset. They, um, they put up a great fight, though. Down 14-6 to in the fourth quarter with under two minutes left to go. They tie the game on a Samuel Gurkha's touchdown, followed by a Cole Drayton two-point conversion. And in overtime, like we saw so many times this game, 
Brody Pesci, the junior quarterback, kept it himself for a touchdown, and that was enough for Liberty to walk off with a victory. Yeah, a great, a great fall game by both teams. Unfortunately, the Islanders couldn't pull out. Almost looked like Cole Drain may have been open on the out route, but Liberty brought the blitz, knew they could get in the Eli's face, and he kind of had to throw it up there. And a great game played by both teams. A great way to start off the first game back with fans in the jungle. So back-to-back -back years, Scott. The MI, uh, or back-to-back -back games, I should say, for the jungle here has gone into overtime. Unfortunately, both with Mercer Island losses, but you can feel the excitement with football back tonight, of course, on Mercer Island. And Scott, like you said, I mean, you got to be so proud of these guys. They fought so hard until the very end. They showed how talented they are driving with Eli Faye. Last year we lost to Liberty 21-0, so definitely yeah, absolutely 20, uh, 21 to 20 was your final here from the jungle, along with Scott Pirak, Andrew Howison, and Sophie Proc back in the station behind the scenes helping us out. I'm Gabe Gottesman here from 88.9 The Bridge sending you off. Islanders fall 21 to 20, but they play well, and we'll see you next week for more Islanders football. KMIH Mercer Island, The Bridge.